And welcome to the Diamond episode, episode 60 of Katie of Nucky's Corner of White Heat. Dude, I'm I'm just stop, okay? Just stop. Don't even don't even bother. We're just gonna keep rolling. You I'm lucky Brian I'm Kay. on pain meds. I'm Brian K. That's JJ Alexander. That's how in and out of it I am the last few days. But anyways, uh yeah, here we are. We're presented by Guzzle Media, sponsored by our good friends. Abohawakanda as well as SeatGeek.com. If you're watching the YouTube show, you see the, the plugs for them uh, underneath, scrolling across throughout the course of the show. If you're uh, checking us out on YouTube, great. If you're not, then we thank you also for checking us out on Google Play, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff right there. Um, when we went off the air with episode 59, <laughs> which was... Longer than usual because of the fact it was delayed a few days. I I, I questioned how if we were going to have this show done on Monday like we usually do, or if we're going to push it back like a day or two just to make sure we had enough of a news cycle. Well, JJ said, "Don't worry, we'll have stuff to talk about." And sure enough, Friday happens, and shit, it's the fan. Um, call me Nostradamus, motherfucker. Ah. <laughs> uh, I, we're going to dive into all that over the course of the show. Um, but real quick, let's get the boring stuff out of the way. And it's not <laughs> it, it's not terribly boring because there's some, uh, you know, some some stuff to pop in. Uh, real quick, New Japan. Um, there was a statement over the weekend about Clark Connors being injured. Yeah. He is out, at least for the remainder of July. I can't read that, so I'll just read it off my phone. Mm-hmm. Stupid fucking pictures. Uh, so he sustained a herniated disc in his back. It will not be able to compete at least in the uh, New Japan Strong taping that took place yesterday in Charlotte, as well as the card scheduled for Nashville this coming weekend uh, for New Japan Strong. So he's being replaced by... Uh, Rocky Romero in the match at Music City Mayhem, which is supposed to crown the national, uh, also well, it's for the national open weight, the MLW national open weight championship. Oh, um, so he's in there with Alex Kane and uh, I'm guessing uh, Dave, Calvin Tankman. No, Davey Richards. Oh, okay. But I thought Richards was in the was doing the tag match with uh, at the New Japan show. Oh, sorry. I'm getting confused with the Jarrett retirement show in, in Nashville. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, why. Yeah. yeah. So, this is the New Japan show that is the afternoon of Russ, of uh, SummerSlam. Um, it was supposed to be Connor's one on one with Davey Richards. Now it's Rocky Romero against Davey Richards. As far as the taping for Strong that took place last night, he was supposed to be in a triple threat against Hiromu Takahashi and El Desperado, and he was replaced by Blake Christian. Yay. Um, so wait, somewhere along the line, Calvin Tankman dropped. Oh, not Calvin Tankman. Alex Kane dropped the MLW open weight title. Oh, uh, apparently, yes. David Richards. Oi. Yep. Apparently. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Um, but what we can read are the four blocks for G one. I've decided to say fuck you to reading results, and I just downloaded the four tables from the most recent show that completed. Because I'm a smart man. Work smarter, <laughs> not harder, motherfucker. That's right. Uh, so block A, here's how it looks right now. We have Tom Waller still has not competed in a G1 match yet. Because, uh, huh. sure, 
I don't know if Lawler's out of the tournament or whatever, but oh. it looks like he should have competed against Okada and Yano by now. But there's no markings for him. It's no very, clue. I don't know. Or maybe not. Uh, okay, sure. Maybe not. Nope, never mind. I see the dates for them. Okay, all right. It's just the way they write the dates, and this is weird. Anyways, so it looks like Lawler's first G1 match will be against Archer tomorrow night. That'll be interesting. Anyways, uh, so Okada leads the, the block right now. He's 2-0. and He's got four points. And then you have Toro Yano, who's 1-1. One one. Jeff Cobb, 1-1. One one. Bad Luck Fale, 1-1. One one. So they all have two points. And the only two guys that have actually uh, wrestled and have zero points are Jonah and Lance Archer. They're both 0-1. And then Lawler has yet to compete, so uh, he's at zero still as well. Yeah. As for B Block, uh, Jay White, he's unbeaten, 2-0. He's at four points. And then we got Tamatanga, Sonata, and Tai Chi all at uh, two points of Peach. But Tamatanga has a match in hand because he's only wrestled once. And then Ishii, 0-2. Chase Owens, 0-1. Great Okan yet to compete. And they're all at zero at the bottom of the barrel. C block. Uh, ZSJ, he's 2-0 and and leads the block with four points. Tanahashi uh, and Hanari both 2-1 and uh, one and one with two points. Goto, 1-0 and oh with two points. Naito, 0-2. Oh His losses to Tanahashi and, and Goto. Yikes. He's, he's got zero points. Kenta's 0-1 oh with zero points. And Evil has yet to have a match. As for D-Block, everyone has competed in some shape, way, or form. Five-way tie for first right now with two points. Takagi and Phantasmo and, Ta- and Yujiro Takahashi all 1-1, one one, while Osprey and Juice Robinson are 1-0. and oh. And then the two people with zero points, Yoshihashi and Finley, are 0-1. Oh so... Um, so catching up need to be done by D-Block, it looks like. And then just a few different people that are sitting with zero matches haven't taken place. But it looks like a lot of that will be figuring itself out over the course of this week because they do have shows on the 26th and the 30th. So we'll start seeing the standings to make a little more sense and have uh, a little more evening out between top and bottom as far as matches competed in, yeah. in that regard. You um, see, um, you see this shit with Zack Sabre Jr. going on? What would that be, good sir? Where he had like the press conference where he said, like, not only is he going to win the G1, but he's going to cash it in in fucking England. He's not going to wait until Wrestle Kingdom. So that would mean forcing the hand of New Japan to book their champion in England as well. Uh huh. Which ain't going to fucking happen. So, way to try to go into business for yourself, kid. Why? 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 Why are people? F- why are New Japan wrestlers from England so dumb? That seems to be the specific species we need to hammer on. And obviously, you know the two I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, why? Like, like what, what is in the water that they drink that brings this stupid shit into their brain and somehow have it go from the receptors of the brain to the mouth for it to come out as words? I'm guessing the same thing that makes British people's teeth all that not great. <laughs> Oh, that's that's fucked. That's really <laughs> fucked. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. That's rude. That was fucking rude. The but... big book of British smiles. <laughs> I've got I've got nothing for that. I, <laughs> I, I, I I wish I had something intelligent to say, but I ain't got shit to say. I, 
nothing. Yeah, I got nothing. That I'll just leave it at that. Um, fucking wow. I yeah. <laughs> wow. How the hell did you just? Wow, you. <laughs> I don't get this, like... <laughs> I don't usually get this speechless, but that, that just fucking caught me so off guard. I got, I've got nothing at right now. I legitimately have zero to say. Um, but at the same time, like, I feel like I need to say something. It's very weird. Um, anyways, let's just, let's just move on, because that's the end of the New Japan update. Let's just, okay. let's, actually, real quick... Let me just take a look and see if there's any matches I haven't mentioned that have been booked for this uh, Music City Mayhem show, the afternoon of SummerSlam in Nashville, as part of StarCast Weekend, by the way. Buy a home from Conrad.com. Um The main event's still no DQ. Moxley versus El Desperado. Uh, Kushida faces Alex Shelley. Then we have... Oh, yeah, we have a few new matches here. FTR and Alex Zane in a six-man tag against TJP and Aussie Open. Uh, Blake Christian against Hiromu Takahashi. Strong openweight title Fred Rosser, uh, formerly known as... Uh, um, oh, my God, I'm blanking. Darren Young. Yeah. Uh, he's defending against Big Demo. Uh, the MLW Openweight title match I just mentioned, Rocky against uh, Davey Richards. Mm-hmm. And then the opening match, Yuamura, Fred Yehi, and Shota Umino against Ren Narita, DKC, and Kevin Knight. Mm-hmm. So those are your that's your card right now for Nashville. Again, not a whole lot. Really, I mean, there's been a couple matches added. Like they added yeah. the strong Openweight title match. Uh, they had the six-man tag, so um, yeah, that's your fully functional card. Seven matches, if I counted correctly? Yeah, seven yeah. matches uh, booked as of right now, and then who knows what they add at the last minute. Um, but yeah, you can watch it on Fight TV, or if you're, hell, if you're going to Nashville for SummerSlam, you know, and you want to warm yourself up, fuck it. Go to, uh, what was it, Nashville Fairgrounds, I think this is that? Yeah, Nashville Fairgrounds. Where the Ric Flair, Ric Flair show was supposed to be originally, before they moved it to the Municipal Auditorium in Nashville. All right, next, the last boring part of the show: Impact. Um, just to run through results quick. Stop me if you're interested in saying anything about this, JJ, because I'm assuming you probably didn't watch it or you watched it and didn't really care. So I'll just <laughs> run it by you. Um, was it the first or the la- the former or the latter? The former. Okay, so you didn't watch it. All right. Um, they opened the show with Deanna Perrazzo and Chelsea Green beating Jordan Grace and Mia Yim in a tag match. Uh, then we got Honor No More cutting a promo. Uh, Mike Bailey retains the X Division title over Diener. Mm-hmm. Then Perrazzo is backstage with Gail Kim, who I believe is like considered the like GM of the Knockouts Division, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yes, yeah. So Prazo approaches her saying, well, I pinned the, uh, the number one contender in the tag match tonight, so I should be the one, I should be put in the title match at Emergence, the next big show they're having. Mm-hmm. And Gail Kim's like, 
Yeah, not so much. So instead, Gail Kim schedules Perazzo and Green for a, te- a knockout tag title match next week on Impact against Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie. Uh, then we get Eric Young cutting a promo. He tells Diener to find a cure for the sickness. Okay. The, the answer to that comes at the end of the show. Okay. Uh, then Masha Slamovich beats R- Madison Rain. They're actually following along to Masha's record because they specifically said she's 12 and 0 now. So <laughs> we're going to treat Masha like she's fucking Goldberg, apparently. Um, that being said, so she beats Madison Rain and then hands out the next death warrant to Giselle Shaw, who was like checking on Madison Rain after the match, I guess. Yeah. Um, and we have Gujar and Myers backstage. That dude needs a better name. Yeah, it, it was it Boopinder, I think it is. Boopinder Gupar, yeah. Yeah. Like he just like the dude. The dude looks like he's got something. He just needs a better name. Well, the the the, the concept of the promo was he was basically asking Myers for a digital media title shop, and then Myers distracted his attention towards someone who he said was disrespecting Gujar? I don't fucking know. I mm. I didn't really read that close because I saw Brian Myers and honestly just scrolled down. Um, Killer Kelly vignette for her debut, which is this coming week on Impact apparently. Uh, then we had the Bullet Club be Honor No More. Ace Austin and Chris Bay win a tag match against Matt Taven and uh, Mike Bennett. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we had Steve Macklin backstage interview who's jumped by Sammy Callahan. And then Moose tries to jump Sammy in retaliation, but then the lights go out and Sammy disappears. So suddenly we have Sammy Callahan turning into a worse version of the Fiend or Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, Rich Swan confronts Scott Diamore backstage for the world title rematch he never got. Okay. That that's random, but. <laughs> the fuck was like Rich Swan Rich Swan lost the impact title like what a year and a half ago? I don't fucking know. But Demore deflected the question and instead booked Swan in a match against somebody who is making their impact debut this week. Would you like to guess? <laughs> I don't know. You were kind of starting to say the name. Kushida. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot he popped up there. Yeah. Um, and then the main event, Alex Shelley beats Chris Saban to come number one contender for the world title at Emergence. Mm-hmm. They get jumped by Doring and Diener after mm-hmm. to eliminate the sickness. There's your answer. They're referring to the machine guns, apparently. Uh, uh, but then Kushida appears to help the guns uh, get rid of Doring and Diener. Hmm. That's how they end the show. See, that's odd. Seeing that in that entire equation, I would have had Saban go over Shelley. So Saban could go for the title, and Shelly and Kushida could reunite the time splitters to face Doring and Diener. Speaking of Saban, I wasn't going to bring this up, but since you just said that, did you see the shit that Bully Ray said about Chris Saban this week? This oh, God, no. Thing? What? He apparently claims that the only real reason Saban was ever given a brief run as Impact Champion a long time ago, I don't even remember who the fuck he beat for it. I just remember it was a short reign. He beat Bully Ray. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Maybe this is why he brought it up. So the only reason he got that brief run, uh, the, the claim Bully Ray made is that it was in, how should I put this? 
to it was like a reconciliation by Impact had something to do with them not doing something for Saban when he tore his ACL or some shit. I'm trying to see what the, I got. Let me try to find the exact quote. Hang on here. Hang on. Hang on. Let me try to find it. Uh, Bully Ray. I because I saw the headline, and let me see. Of course, I didn't fucking say anything. I should probably search Chris Saban because he does not have as many headlines in here. Um. Oh, here we go. All right. So, yeah, this was actually from. I actually almost brought it up during our last show because it was from Wednesday. Boy Ray was being interviewed by Brian Hebner on on Brian's podcast, mm-hmm. where he was Boy Ray was talking about a bunch of shit, and then for some reason, him dropping the belt to Saban in 2013 came up. And here's the quote Boy had: He said, "Quote me dropping the belt to Saban was never supposed to happen. That wasn't the plan." The plan was I was going to win the World Heavyweight title at Lockdown in San Antonio and beat Jeff Hardy. I was going to hold it all the way until Bound for Glory for a nice little nine-month run as world champ. Saban had gotten hurt. He hurt his ACL, an unfortunate injury. To my recollection, if I have the story correct, I don't believe TNA wanted to pay for his surgery. I don't know if they ever did, but to compensate him for getting hurt in their ring, they put the World Heavyweight Championship on him for one month. Um, you know what that is? That is ex boyfriend small dick energy talking about a previous ex boyfriend. Because before, before fucking, before Velvet was dating Bully Ray, she was dating Chris Saban. All right. You're right. You're right. You're right, cuz. You're right. So that's just some. Postscript small dick energy. There's a lot of that going around this week. Well, I mean, are you shocked who it came from? No. So I wasn't shocked with the other small dick energy story I heard this week, too. Uh, give me the, the name and I'll see if I know this. Paul London. I haven't seen that name in the news, so I'm going to go with a hot no. Oh, yeah. Um, when we get to the stuff about Vince, I'll come back to it. Because oh, that's great. where it pops in. Oh, fucking great. Because oh, it's fucking Paul no, London. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. Well. Eddie Hooser. Well, you can't drive to London, but if you're driving anywhere in the U.S., you might want to consider checking out. I know. That was a horrible chance. You can't find a good dentist there either. Anyways, <laughs> if you're around the capital region of state New York, you can check out Mohawk Honda because not only are they uh, selling vehicles to fit your lifestyle or budget, but they're also buying cars right now. In some cases, you may be able to sell it to them for more than you even paid for it. Sounds crazy, right? Well, that's what happens with the supply chain of cars still facing challenges in the U.S., which creates a great selling opportunity for you, the consumer. Yeah, that's right. And you know, Mohawk Honda, if they're going to get you back in a vehicle, they're not just going to search their lot. They'll search all over, not just the capital region, not just New York. They'll search up and down the whole East Coast for you to make sure they find what fits you and your family. And as always, Mohawk Honda will make the buying and selling experience very easy, whether it's for boy cars with Kern Svoboda, Luisa VIP Man Morales, Trav Landry, our man Cam McKenna, C-Mac, 
or just go right to the horse's mouth. Go to the main man in charge, General Manager Greg Johnson, because at Mohawk Honda, Freeman's Bridge Road in Scotia, they want to buy your car and maybe just turn you around and get you into a newer, nicer vehicle that fits your budget and lifestyle because of Mohawk Honda. They always go out of their way to please you. Now we start getting to the exciting stuff. <laughs> um, well, let me let me ask uh, let me ask this way because obviously we have two directions we can go in. Uh-huh. We can go in the direction of the absolute shit show that occurred Saturday evening, <laughs> or we can go to the nationwide dominating news of the weekend and all the different branches that are coming off of this fucking tree. So where would you like to address first? Let's go with the nationwide dominating news. So just just on this program as well, Tony Khan can still be fucking second place. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, sure. Let's do that. Let's begin. Vincent Kennedy McMahon is no longer in WWE. He has effectively retired from his position. Now, for realsies. Yeah, for realsies is right. Um, <laughs> so, I'm not going to sit here. Sorry. I'm not going to sit here and say whether he retired, whether he resigned. Apparently, now there's suddenly a mixed bag. The yeah. WWE came out and called it a retirement Friday. Some people are saying he resigned now over the last 24 hours. Who knows? <laughs> um, but here's the tweet that Vince put out initially that kind of freaked people the fuck out. He said, it's 77 time for me to retire. Thank you, WWE Universe. Then, now, forever, together. Hashtag WWE, hashtag grateful. That was 4.05 in the afternoon on Friday. Nothing like a Friday afternoon news dump. Then... We get to the statement that was released by WWE. I know some of you probably won't be able to read it, but I'll read it here um, since it's on the screen. Um, This is from the investors portion of the WWE website, which if you didn't know it existed, good, because neither did I. Mm -hmm. Um, So the press release officially reads, Vince McMahon today released the following statement, quote, as I approach 77 years old, I feel it's time for me to retire as chairman and CEO of WWE. Throughout the years, it's been a privilege to help WWE bring you joy, inspire you, thrill you, surprise you, and always entertain you. I'd like to thank my family for mightily contributing to our success, and I'd also like to thank all of our past and present superstars and employees for their dedication and passion for our brand. Most importantly, I'd like to thank our fans for allowing us into your homes every week and being your choice of entertainment. I hold the deepest appreciation and admiration for our generations of fans all over the world who have liked currently like and sometimes even love our form of sports entertainment it goes on to say our global audience can take comfort in knowing wwe will continue to entertain you with the same fervor dedication and passion as always i'm extremely confident in the continued success of wwe and i leave our company in the capable hands of an extraordinary group of superstars employees and executives particular both chairwoman and co-ceo Stephanie mcmahon and co-ceo nick khan as a majority shareholder, I will continue to support WWE in any way I can. My personal thanks to our community and business partners, shareholders, and board of directors for their guidance and support throughout the years. And then obviously ends with then, now, forever, together. Now, before we get into the reaction uh, from others, 
regarding Vince's announcement and well WWE's announcement in in general. Let's just address the initial elephant in the room regarding this. Retirement versus resignation. Um six of one, half a dozen of the other. Yes and no. Um I lean more I'm more of a 75-25, so mm-hmm. nine of one, three of the other, I guess we'll call it. <laughs> um, and the, the lesser side of it, I think I would say retirement because let's just, let's just put it out there. Nobody expected this day to ever come. It was yeah. eventually going to come unless he just stayed until he died. That was the that's, only thing. That's that was the that was the only life event that, uh, not not life event, but the, many people thought like he was either going to stay until he died, or something would happen, or he would just retire on his own without any, whether it be for health reasons or whatever. Um, nobody thought an option C would come around, which is where the other nine of my twelve lays, okay, which would be the resignation, um. Because I, I assure you, especially given the minor appearances he made during this whole hubbub, <laughs> plus factor in all the stuff he was doing with Theory and McAfee leading up to WrestleMania and what he actually did at WrestleMania, I don't give a fuck if he was 77 or 47. This dude physically and mentally was not ready to retire. Let's just well, be yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, well, and you can call it retirement. Call it, you can live whatever you want. This is not. This was not being done, in my opinion. This was not being done as a hundred percent being just a Vince decision. Yeah, there was some kind of, for lack of a better phrase, a force out here. Yeah, whether it be by his family stepping in and saying, "Look, just just fucking get out," whether it be the board director saying, "You're done," but we'll dress it up for you. Right. Um. Whatever way it was. It wasn't Vince's call. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I can agree with that. So now we get to the the background noise about this. Was it because there was more to the the payoff allegations? Was it was there other financial stuff in the background nobody knew about? Was there other misconduct stuff in the background nobody knew about yet? Which brings us to the stuff that's been kind of leaking. Um, apparently, Vince is now being investigated by the SEC for unreported expenses equaling around fourteen and a half million dollars. Yeah, fourteen half million dollars since two thousand six. Um, the filing from the SEC uh, basically says that on July twenty second. So this is Friday when he resigned. Uh, Vince um, uh, informed the company of his resignation from CEO, chairman, and director of the company. Um, and then the company also said has, the company has also received and may receive in the future regulatory, investigative, and enforcement inquiries, subpoenas, or demands arising from, related to, or in connection with these matters. Mm-hmm. Um Apparently, 
Uh, WWE is revising financial statements due to the potential qualitative benefit of the NDAs Vince had the women sign. As the payments were wire transfers from Vince's personal funds, the expenses will be recorded similarly to severance, a one-time expense. Um, the payments are being made on a schedule. Um, henceforth, the future payments alluded to in the 8K. I'm not sure what the 8K is. That must be mm. some kind of SEC thing. Yeah. Um, expenses will not revise profits for two reasons. One, through material, $15 million is nothing to sneeze at, except it's kind of... Uh, kind of uh, two, one-time expenses like the severance pay example referenced earlier do not impact reported profitability. Um, furthermore, um, let's see here. Doo, doo, doo. WWE, uh, uh, never mind, hang on. Uh, yeah, I think that's really it. Um, so yeah, so basically, WWE reported those for that 14.6 million. Um, and then the SEC decided to look into it more, is what it looks like. Yeah. So, so the question becomes, is this for more NDAs that haven't come out yet? Who knows at this point? <laughs> really, the, here's the thing. The only people that are ever going to know are Vince and Homer people Spider. sign the NDAs. <laughs> right. Or... If there was, uh, or if McDevitt was in the room for any of this, yeah, that's those are the only people that are ever going to have any kind of uh, input that'll have an idea. Um, so I just I don't know. It's it's all a tricky situation. Yeah. Um. In the end, it, it sounds like I wouldn't say that I wouldn't call this a cover up. Let's just put this out there. Yeah, I wouldn't call this a cover up. I just feel like it's one of those things where, um, things got bigger than anticipated, and everybody just made the decision jointly in the long run. It's for the best. If Vince just walks away now, enjoys his years of retirement, right, and just maintains being happy, healthy, and living essentially. Yeah. Anything you want to pop on and say before we get to the reactions? So, I mean, every person, every fucking person in the IWC got their damn wish. Vince is gone. Um, it's it's going to be a strange. It's going to be some strange times. Coming ahead, it's going to be some very, very, very uncharted waters. Um, I don't. It feels like it feels like he knew this was coming, though. Like it just—it well, it feels like a movie ending where the guy in charge knows something is coming and ends up making the decision before he wants to make the decision for him. Yeah, but like, look at this. Look at the past like twelve months leading up to this, like. There was no word 12 months ago of NDAs, hush money, anything like this that would lead to Vince having to say, okay, I'm done. Well, let's just even let's but, just even expand this further a little bit. Okay. 12 months ago, mm -hmm. this is 
me being a little bigger picture here. Mm-hmm. 12 months ago, Nick Khan is just becoming a thing. Like this, like 12 months ago, so this time last year is really when Nick Khan is becoming a more vocal face yeah. representing the company. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to us, Hunter right around the corner from having health issues, or they yeah. started right around this time last year. Yeah. Then you have Hunter's issues leading to Stephanie needing time off, which didn't mm-hmm. last very long, but still, she took time off. Right. Um, We can't say anything about Linda because she's basically been out of the public face for a while now. Yep. But you have, due to the Hunter issues, Bruce and Laurenite is taking over doing stuff with NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember, how long ago was Heyman taken away from doing creative of Raw? Oh, that was pre-pand. That was the beginning of the pandemic. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you could expand this to twenty-four months, really. Um, because you still have the pandemic. You have Heyman ta- losing control of creative for Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have all this stuff. Kind of just, it was like a very, a very slow avalanche happening, mm-hmm. and it just took a while for everything. To eventually speed up and gain momentum coming down the hill mm-hmm. before it entered the village. Yeah. And then obviously things got supremely sped up once we had all the NDA stuff come out. Um, the stuff involving Vince and Lauren Ias. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's more talk about like Kevin Dunn being a scumbag, which we all assumed. We all knew. Um, and just things snowballed eventually. True. But I just mean like in general, like there was no word of like the the, the NDAs or anything like, you know, a, a, any word of any controversy of, of this nature last year that would lead to this day, you know, this past week, right. Vince actually stepping down. But it's like Vince goes and sets up. So he has that one last big moment at WrestleMania. And he actually does like the he, he does the Pat McAfee show leading into it when he never does interviews. Right. And then, like, he does the whole thing. He does mania. He goes, yo, he gets the he gets the last big pop. He does the last big physical thing. And then it's like, here we go. Let the fucking floodgates open. I'm riding off into the sunset. I did what I had to do. Well, I mean, how should I put this? I feel like if there was any forethought put into this, which I'm not saying there was, but if right. there would have been forethought put into this, you would have thought Vince would have gone out like in May, April, May, like right around after, like the first 30 days after WrestleMania. I if guess was, but I think, if, if but, there was, but, but if there he was really thought, want he really wanted to annoy Austin Theory as much as he could before it was time to go. When did he win the he won the US title what? He won the US title, I think, within the first three days after Mania, didn't he? Yeah, but people like you just, you know. He wanted to do what he good for, what he could for the kid. He sees something in the kid, which you want to cut you 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 know you want to say that Vince is wrong about a lot of shit. He's right about Austin Theory. Right, right. And we know that. We've we've expressed that before. Um as far as running on shuttered waters, I agree. I just I think we can also both agree, though, that it's going to take a little while for us to feel that that 
Well, yeah. That journey. Because mm-hmm. let's just be blunt. Blunt. Unless something, unless something completely out of the blue happens to really fuck things up, nothing about the current creative is going to change unless Hunter really has something in it up his ass to really want to change something. <laughs> like, I mean, there might be some minor changes, but nothing that's really going to be landscape changing. Like, I don't think you're going to see, for example, um, like I'll, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say one thing right now. Uh-huh. I don't know what the fuck this means for Cody Rhodes once he gets healthy. <laughs> and that's something I know nobody has thought about yet because Cody's been, pretty much, he's been out of sight, out of mind since Hell in a Cell. But I think if there's anyone, if you had to make like a top five list of talents that are potentially shitting their pants from the news this weekend, you have to put Cody as in one of those top five guys because I'm not totally convinced. Hunter was a hundred percent on board with Cody coming back. I guess he I, wasn't. No, I, I, right now, who I, again? It maybe there's water under the bridge with them. Who knows? But I just feel like in general, Cody was being put in a position for success the way he was a lot more by. I feel like that was a that was another Vince thing, like theory. It was a Vince thing. Vince was going for this. I don't know where this puts Cody in the scheme of things now. I could, <laughs> I could see Cody coming back the week that he's cleared and he walks in backstage or whatever venue they're at and Trips just has a 6XL t-shirt with the picture of Cody smashing the Iron Cross throw and be like, you're wearing this tonight, kid. <laughs> that would be pretty funny, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I feel like there's got to be discussions there between those two before Cody even steps foot in that fucking arena again. Um, I know we're kind of jumping the gun because I didn't really expect us to jump into the whole Triple H taking over creative thing this early in the conversation. I mean, we'll take steps. Well, yeah, I right. know. I kind of ju- yeah, that that um, was me. <laughs> so we'll just we'll backtrack for a second. We might have to come back for that list though because it might be okay. some. We need to think about over the course of the show. Mm-hmm. But what I do want to show I'm going to try to not get myself angry when I show this. Mm-hmm. So you think you know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. For those of you on the YouTube side of this show I apologize for showing this. But I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up. Tony Khan, and bear with me because I need to take off the banner, scroll to the bottom of the screen with our contact info and stuff. This is within less than a half hour mm-hmm. after Vince tweets out his retirement. Mm-hmm. Tony Khan, the IWC troll of the world. Mm-hmm. Tony Khan tweets, quote, Thanks to you wrestling fans and your great support of AEW, I'm grateful to now be the longest tenured CEO in pro wrestling. Thank you very much to every single person watching. Then turns to he basically tweets that out 
And he admits it after the fact, too, because he, he, I don't know who he did this with, but he apparently clarified the purpose of the tweet. I think it was during the, the media, scrum. media scrum after Death Before Dishonor. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole purpose of the tweet was just to promote Rampage for that night. Uh huh, sure. Right. My thoughts exactly. He's such a fucking man child. How petty do you have to be? How small does your sack have to be mm-hmm. for you to feel like, you know what? I need an extra inch on my dick tonight. Let me tweet this. Seriously. Like, and the whole thing is like, obviously, like people have been debating. They're like, well, because the, the, the whole the whole thing is people are like, well, this company has been running longer under this guy and this company's been running longer under this guy. But the thing is, it's the corporate structuring of said company. Like, I can't think of many other companies that would probably have that structure where they would have a chief executive officer title. The reason WWE has it is because they're a publicly traded company. And the reason AEW has it is because that's how we structured, because that's how all of the sports leagues that the Khan family owns are structured. So you can't, you don't really know if any other wrestling companies have that corporate structure. Like I'm pretty sure Billy, uh, uh, Billy Corgan doesn't have that corporate structure for the NWA. He may be the president of the NWA, but he is not the chief executive officer. The only company I can think of that actually might have that structure because they are an LLC, in which case it would be great to just shove it right up Tony Khan's ass, would be MLW. And that would be Court Bauer. Because Court Bauer has been the owner and chief chief officer of MLW for years now. So, but I mean, besides that, I'm not really quite sure because it's just, it's, that's wrestling. Wrestling doesn't have that corporate structure. Right. Let me, founder, CEO, and owner. And it was formed in 2002, so. Oh, so Court Bauer's listed as a CEO? Uh, on Wikipedia, yeah. I don't know about. So then Tony Khan can suck the dick. Court Bauer's got him beat by about, ooh, I don't know, 17 years. MLW Media LLC. I mean. There we go. We cracked the case right here on White Heat, baby. Court Bauer. By the way, to, I know this is completely off topic, but to refer back to the question you made earlier regarding Davy Richards, uh, he took the, he took the belt off Alex Kane back last month at Battle Riot. Oh, geez. Just an FYI. That's what I get for not going to Battle Riot. It's all good. Um, Yeah, I don't really see anything. Yeah, I mean, I'd assume that would that would be the hammer and the nail. So we'll go with that. Yeah. Um. So fuck you, TK. Exactly. Um. One quick thing I want to bring up before we transition into a talent perspective with this move. Okay. I heard someone over the weekend try to claim the start of Vince's downfall and ultimate retirement slash resignation slash whatever the fuck you want to call it was him having the company go public. No. no. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Enjoy if your tea. If the company had not gone public, the company would not be what it is today. Thank you. By the way, this is water. Because I know I've been using a very anonymous black 
bottle the last few weeks. This is black. water, ice water, stays ice and cold for hours and hours. The house of black. Uh, black. Ah, cheers. Ice water is delicious, especially when it's 90 degrees. Although I think it's cooled off because it did rain a lot this morning. Mm-hmm. So thank you, God. Yeah, it's a um, chilly 83 now. So we're probably about the same because we're latitude wise about the same. Yeah. Um, yes, that's right. I just went into meteorology and geography within the same 30 seconds. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but now let's get into the greater scale of the scheme of things. Instead of having no chance in hell, it's time to play the game. Damn right. Damn fucking right. Um, actually, real quick. One more corporate-related question. Mm-hmm. Steph and Nick Khan being co-CEOs. Big deal, not a big deal at all. Uh, we shall see. That's uh, That jury's out on that one. Okay. Because everyone was everyone was speculating that Nick Khan was trying to get Vince out to take the company over for himself, and obviously that's not going to happen. There's always going to be a McMahon in that chair in some way or form. And I um, say, lick my balls. I, I, I could. I, it's it, it, we're we're going to see where Nick Khan lies now. Like it's we're going to see. Like because remember, Nick Khan is the is the one dude on the fucking board who doesn't live in Connecticut. And that was the thing was Vince made everyone live in Connecticut. Mm. So we'll see. I mean, Hunter and Trips obviously live here. And it's uh, it might just be that you want to keep this position. Um, There's going to have to be some fucking changes. Otherwise, um, here's a severance package. Bye. Yeah. So now getting into the Triple H stuff. So basically, this is where we're at. So Ed Kosky and Bruce Pritchard were still largely in control creative uh, as, as late as um, this past Friday, SmackDown, which we'll go over in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, producers were told Triple H would at least be the Finnish guy. And obviously now it's been announced today that Triple H is assuming all responsibilities related to WWE's creative in addition to his regular duties. Um, as the AVP of Talent Relations. Correct. So what's being said right now is that Pritchard will remain with the company for the time being and be part of creative, but obviously not leading creative. And then um, obviously when Bruce was head of creative, Vince had final say on all creative until he announced retirement Friday. Um, higher ups now being told that Vince will still be available for to some degree as he transitions away from the company, which I don't know if that's even really got any truth to it. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. So, on top of that, by the way, um, it should be noted there's also news out there that Big Bro and Little Sis are not exactly seeing eye to eye these days. Yeah. Uh, Shado Mac and Steph are probably not on any good terms with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shane is not expected to be part of WWE anytime going forward. Shane kind of Shane kind of sealed his own fate on that shit, right? Um, as he hasn't been seen since Royal Rumble, and we all know that fiasco that happened there. Mm-hmm. Um, so. 
if anyone if anyone's trying to say, oh, the king, the proud crown prince is coming to return. Nope. Uh, don't get too fucking excited. More than likely not. <laughs> if he does, it might be for like a cameo role for some right shit. Nothing crazy. Right. So we have Steph. Fifty percent running things, I guess. Mm-hmm. And now we got Hunter, Paul, whatever the fuck you want to call him, running creative, mm-hmm. talent relations, essentially. Mm-hmm. Let's start from a an NXT point of view, and then we'll get to main card. Mm-hmm. NXT point of view. Let's just first off, in general, let's just say this. Don't expect any wholesale changes within the next few weeks, I don't think. Right. Maybe NXT more so than main card, but in general, don't expect a lot of wholesale changes in the next, let's say, two to four weeks. Right. Because, Even yeah, beyond that, because like the whole thing is the current creative that's already in the process. You can't just you can't just go, you know, like you can't just do a very <laughs> random sudden U-turn with everything. Right. The current creative has certain things set in motion that have to happen at next year's mania. It's all the gaps in between that can be messed around with, but there's still certain things that are still set in motion that unless there's something completely drastic need to still happen. Right. All right. So let's begin down with NXT. I'm going to list off the champions. You tell me if trips coming back is good or bad for their immediate future. Mm hmm. Um, women's tag champs, Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez. Pretty sure the women's tag division is just completely being scrapped. Well, right, let's just address those two talents specifically, though. Okay, uh, Cora Jade, uh, they're gonna realize that no matter what they do with her, she's still gonna be a failure and she's gonna be gone within the next year. Okay, um, mention at this point because we might as well, since we don't have an NXT TV to mention mm-hmm. during live events for NXT this weekend. <laughs> um, the artist Roman known as Commander Aziz, Baba Daba Aziz, was repackaged and redebuted at NXT again, bodyguard for Cora Jade. Dude, dude, he they need to cut him fucking loose. Like he's he he is he's he's been there, he's been with the company since 2016. He is not getting any better. They stuck him in Evolve when they first got him to try to get some some seasoned people to work with him, and he just never got any fucking better, which is why when they decided, oh, well, you know, the, the, let's bring him on the main roster. Let's give him these limited roles where we do the raw underground thing with them, where we can hide these weaknesses, and then let's make him the bodyguard for Apollo Crews. And now he's a bodyguard yet again. It's like he's it's not he's obviously not getting shit and the only reason he's there is because he checked off two Vince boxes he's seven feet tall and he was a football player maybe we can have him and Apollo Crews have a robbery in NXT (laughs) have Apollo embarrass him that's the point Um, so you're basically out on Cora Jade you think oh yeah she is worthless Roxy Roxy has potential and I think she's going to shine agreed uh, current women's champion, Mandy Rose. <laughs> Fuck that bitch. I mean, she's been around for years and she was originally a Triple H NXT staple. She, she was, but she, she's, she's never been anything special. She was a Barbie doll. 
And now it's like they sent her back down to NXT to get better. And all they like the whole thing was she was sent down to NXT to get better. But with Pritchard in charge, Pritchard just made her the focal point and made and had her bury every fucking young talent that's there. There, there was it's no, it's like remember, remember when I, I, I explained the, the dichotomy of like making Ziggler the, the heel champ there. And yes. having and having it so like, you know, he was like the final boss. And so these younger guys could scrap and get better and eventually get to him. Correct. That's basically what they tried to do with Mandy Rose, except unfortunately with Mandy Rose, they stuck her with two fucking terrible fucking talents who have just made every female on the roster down there look like shit for the past year. Oh, I'm assuming when you say that you're referring to toxic attraction. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna make a slight counter argument. Okay, and I'm not, and I'm not doing this because I'm exactly a huge Mandy Rose mark. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying this as a partial excuse for Mandy. Okay, I'd argue aside from Dakota Kai, give me a legitimate talent that could have helped her any more than they did than she could have. You mean that could have been elevated by working with her or 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 helped her look better as she has as a champion. That's like think still... about all the talents that she's faced. Indy, Cora Jade, Wendy Chu, like she made Raquel list... look like shit for six months. Raquel... She damn near what she damn near almost ruined Raquel's fucking job there. Raquel and Mandy, they weren't involved that long. It was an on it was an on and off thing because Mandy beat Raquel for it and it was always Raquel kept trying to go back for the title and they kept pulling her they kept yanking her back. And anytime she was in the ring with Mandy or her two fucking flunkies, the matches were awful. All right, so Dakota and Raquel, aside from them, Mandy hasn't Eo Shirai. Who EO is now saying fuck WWE, I'm done. Because think, she had to deal with this EO bullshit. I think had those thoughts before Mandy Rose, honestly. That's mm. kind of a neither here nor there thing. Um, Again, I wasn't trying to completely excuse Mandy. I'm oh, no, saying, no, I know. Like, the yeah. women's division has exactly been impressive for her the last six months. Yeah. Um, uh, current tag champs, uh, the Creeds. Fuck them. That I guarantee Trips is going to see through all of their shit. That was a whole lot of fucking, that was a whole lot of trying to hype, trying to make a new fucking uh, team angle slash Haas brothers slash bullshit. And they are just, they, they have been on TV for almost a year now and they have not improved at all. So what direction do you go with the tag division at this point? Cause again, the, the men's tag division They've got stuff to work with down there. They've got pretty deadly. They've got Blade and Enofe. They've got um, potentially uh, Schism. Potentially Schism. Yeah, exactly. You got the GYV still, um, just under a different name. You've got. I mean, they can always try pairing people together that could work. I mean, I guess obviously you have Briggs and Jensen too. Oh yeah, you've got. I was going to mention Briggs and Jensen, but because they've got the UK straps. But yeah, there's a there's a tag division to work with there. And the Creed brothers are just not any fucking good. Hmm. And Trips is going to see that. 
I mean, I'm guaranteed he already sees it, which is why remember going back to the takeover at Mania Weekend. Yes. And you could tell that Trips had the book for that show. And that's why the Creeds didn't go over for the fucking tag belts at that show. Who, who, oh, that MSK was a triple did. threat with MSK and uh, what was it? Was it Eichner and uh, yeah, uh, Imperium, yeah, yeah, Imperium, yeah. Uh. Um, North American champ Carmelo. Sky's the fucking limit. Yeah, I mean that's that was a he's he was a, he he was he's one of Sean's boys, so you obviously know. But yeah, I mean, I was... rightly so. Like he's one of Sean's boys because he has everything that is needed. He has every every tool in the toolbox that's needed. Then we got to mention the last champion. Do I need to say it? Sink or fucking swim, baby. It's it, now it's time to actually make you work. Stop push. They're going to stop pushing him like Goldberg. Of course, we're referring to Braun Baker, the Braun Breaker, the NXT Braun champion. Baker. I mean, maybe Brad Baker. You never know. Uh, yeah, WWE's a weird place. Here's a shit hat, um, motherfucker. Make it work. Here's an apron in the Your bag promo of line is mustache. <laughs> or uh, no, uh, what's the fucking the name of the chef from fucking Muppets? Uh, Swedish chef. <laughs> Laser. Um, all um, oh, he serves is borscht. Um, uh, all right, so let's just think of general general talents. What do you think this is good for? Who do you think this is bad for within NXT? Within NXT, I think it's good for. I think it's good for Wesley. I think it's good for Joe Gacy. Agreed. Oh. Agreed. Um, my only question is, what do you? Do I'd I'd say Wesley is more appropriate maybe for the the NA title division, not so much the world title division right now. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously. I think or I think we're working towards that, by the way. Or if you find someone for him, put him in a tag division. Do you put him back in the tag division? Because obviously he's a seasoned tag worker, and he could be he could be like a Bobby Eaton to some of those kids. I agree. I just think right now the way that the creative is working out because of the stuff eventually, because I think eventually you're going to have a Wesley trick Williams rematch of some sort at some point in time. Right. I think it's just, this has just been a slow build for him getting to mellow at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my guess probably sometime around say. Survivor series. I was going to say when they do Halloween havoc. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's yeah. a typical NXT staple recently. I'm trying to think what they. Because they just had Great American Bash. What the fuck do they usually have between now and then? Nothing. Like if they, they would do. Make... They would throw in like a random in your house. Right. They, yeah. They, that, that, that's got to be it because typically it would have been they'd done a takeover SummerSlam weekend, but they're right. not doing takeovers right now, at least to that extent. Which so maybe, maybe could they do be a something takeover we go back event. to now. Right. But I think maybe you get at least get it. You're, you're going to, like you said, in your house, or maybe they just call. Uh, they put together a random takeover like Labor Day weekend. Yeah. And then they work towards Great Hall- Dude, uh, Halloween Half. A World's Collide, a Clash of the Castle. They've got enough time to do it. True. You have five weeks. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah, five yeah. weeks. And they've been doing this. And you have Briggs and Jensen already as the UK tag champ. So that and they would do that. They did that bit where they sent Chase U people to England and shit London, like that. Right. So, yeah, that there's have a they, good possibility. Have they, have they found a new. They don't have. have they, un- un- they didn't unvacate the title yet, did they? 
They vacated the UK title. Well, I'm just saying they haven't found, crowned a new champ yet, have no, they? No, no, they, because they haven't announced how it's going to happen yet. There we go. The, the foundation's there for it. Yep. The foundation's exactly. there for it. Right. Cameron Grimes um, that fucking tournament. Exactly. If I was going to, Cameron Grimes is going to be the next on my list. Either do that with him, or just or send him up to the main roster. It's time. Like you don't need this feud with Gacy. Just send him Long up to overdue. the main roster. Long overdue. Um, I think I think this is promising for Zion Quinn. Oh, quick question. Yeah. I didn't even think of this when you mentioned her before. Mm-hmm. Can Hunter save the relationship with Io Shirai? No, it's done. She done. wants to go home. Okay. She's married to evil, isn't she? Hmm? Io Shirai. Isn't she married to someone in New Japan? Please hold. Um, I thought she was married to evil. Continue with your thought, but I'll look that up. Please hold. Go ahead. But no, as far as other, I I think it's promising for Zion Quinn. I think that Von Wagner's fucked. Because obviously he's not doing anything of note. Define fucked. I I don't see him lasting there much longer. Okay. Robert Stone, I don't see lasting there much longer. I don't understand why the fuck he's still there. See, that's that's weird. That's very weird. Because we'll get to what happened on SmackDown in a second. Because you have the whole Sophia Cromwell situation. Right. Then we have the whole Max Dupree situation, too. So it's like... Right. Because um, if if Eli's gone, Eli, L.A., whatever you want to call him, if he's gone, like gone, gone, mm-hmm. are you really going to double dip with... Sophia slash Maxine right. or and that because it's weird how they set that up because they that's why they they had the backstage fight between fucking Solo and Von Wagner at SmackDown last week. I have no idea why. Like it made no sense. Mm. But yeah, I, they could very well fucking send LA Knight back down to NXT and be like, I'm not done here. By the way, I'm not finding any. Uh, then maybe it was Kyrie Sane that was married to Evil. I I, I know was, Kyrie Sane is married. I just I, I always kept confusing. I thought because I would always confuse those two as to one of them's married to Evil. Well, I'll look up Kyrie Sane, but I know I'm pretty sure Kyrie Sane is married. I just don't remember to who. But go ahead. But yeah, I don't see anything for for either of them. Um. Does not say who she's married to, just since oh, she was okay. married two years ago. Oh, okay. Um I'm not sure. I mean, Solo Sokoa is gonna make it to the main roster eventually anyway. I just don't know in what capacity. Right, it's just a matter, yeah, and then how quick. Right. Uh Sangha might have a new lease on life with Trips there. How? Just I think Trips is willing to give him the gun. The whole thing is Sangha's Sangha's got years under his belt. He just and he's been they, they just haven't known like <sighs> Right, they just haven't been able to figure out what to do with him. His niche, right? Um, like they could very well take Sangha when he's ready and bring him up to the main roster and put him and Shanky together. I'll give you someone else who I think could sink or swim with, and yeah. I don't know if this is totally his fault. I feel like he's been dealt good hands and bad hands when mm-hmm. Bruce was running things. Duke Hudson. No, but that's a good one. I okay. think it's sink or swim for Grayson Waller. Dude, yeah, he's. I don't see anything in Grayson Waller. 
And I you gotta say this though, he has either. a lot of charisma. Eh. Compared to some of the guys you mentioned, yeah, he's got a lot of charisma. I guess. I just I don't see that. I don't see him like he. Not to insult some of the people that are employed by it, but I see him as an impact guy. At the same token, he doesn't really have. This is a weird question to ask because not everybody necessarily needs to have a solid one of these to succeed. Uh-huh. What the fuck is his gimmick at this point? Exactly. Like, what is he? Aside right. from being a, it would, what I'm assuming is a former basketball player who also. No, he boxed. was a former boxer. Was he also a basketball player too? I don't think so. But anyway, but like he, he's a pro wrestler that wears boxing shorts right. because he used to box. Woohoo. Right. What the, what the and like his, his gimmick originally when he was a baby face was that he was a thrill seeker and he liked to windsurf and all this shit. And then they changed that when they realized he wasn't getting over and made him a heel. And now like, yeah. And then, like, they, you know, but the whole thing was like, yeah, he was a former boxer who's like, I'm a media influencer, but then they kind of dropped that. And now yeah. he's just kind of a smarmy Australian. And right. that's it. You have oh, to <laughs> boxing shorts. Yeah. Speaking of people who are fucked, ass bitch and not Wendy Williams are both fucked. Fair, fair. Here's and one I can't. So. Here's one I can't. Maybe I'm just too stupid to realize one way or the other. I can't make heads or tails what this is for uh, Kaylee Ray. Yeah, it's kind of odd. Like, I was Especially never... Considering a... the gimmick change recently, I really can't make heads or tails on it. Yeah, I was never a fan of her in NXT UK. When she came over, I was like, ah, eh, she ain't that bad, but... And then they did the name change, which I understand because of the copyright shit, but still. And, I mean, but she's... Uh, what do you call it? Yeah. Huh? I don't know. Try and think. We should bring up probably the woman's number one contender, Zoe Stark. <sighs> see, I I don't see anything in Zoe. I like I like okay. So Zoe's a mechanic. Zoe is functional. She she she's sound in the ring, but she has no charisma, none whatsoever. And the thing is, like, and, and I hate to say it, but with the women's division, you have to have that charisma, or otherwise you have nothing. And like the, it's like I know she's there because she was Booker T's like star pupil, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't see you know her. Who else was star pupil? Hmm? Ember Moon. Look where she is right now, <sighs> dude. She she needs to shut the fuck up. Yeah, we know. Um, last person I'm going to specifically name from NXT before we move to main roster. Okay. Um. Just because he's booked in a main program. Uh, Devlin, JD McDonough, whatever you want to call him. I don't know. Yeah, that's she, I, he's in the same category for me as Kaylee Ray. I, I don't know. I don't have heads or tails on that yet. Yeah. Uh, Legato, I want to wait, wait and see what they do with this program. Because if they keep McDonough on this methodical, weirdish, like yeah, yeah. creative around yeah. him. Towards the title match with Braun, I think that's a deal breaker for him. But if they can provide some more edge to JD, yeah, um, and have him get more aggressive with yeah. his character mm-hmm. instead of just being, well, I know where this muscle is, I can tear the tendon this way. If we get to keep getting that shit, he's done. 
Right. But if they can change the tenor of where he's going with the character, then right. I say he's a lot more swim than sink. Right. You you give him more of a you give him more of a Patrick Bateman American psycho type fucking uh, mindset yes. that'll work. Yes. Um, Legato, uh, all the male all the male members of Legato, I see succeeding and possibly going to the main roster. D'Angelo and his fucking lackeys are done. 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 Well, it has one lackey now, so <laughs> true. But God knows what else they'll do. Like they might stick, a, they might take another random fucking trainee kid and put him with them and give him, of, make him three dimes. Speaking of Legato, fucking, Legato, I'm assuming you're out on Electra Lopez too. No, Carmen San Diego ain't doing shit. She's terrible. Yeah. Main roster. Um, we're not even gonna address the women's division because it. I'm at a point where it's just such a clusterfuck. I don't even know what to mm-hmm. make of it. Let's just focus on the males. Raw. I want. Can I, can someone just explain me where we're going with this Dolph Ziggler theory thing? Like, because he's still entrenched with Bobby going through SummerSlam weekend. Mm-hmm. So, what's the direction we're going here? Are we using Ziggler? Are we trying to do with him? Are we basically at the point where we're just going to keep we're going to feed veteran talent to Theory to prep him and prop him up for when he does cash in? Because let's just call a spade a spade. He's not fucking cashing in this weekend, right? Like. It's not happening. I'm right. sorry for people who might want to go to Nashville and see that shit. Theory is not cashing in the briefcase at summer. He might attempt to and right. fail, right. but he's not going to actually have the bell ring for the mm-hmm. for a cash in. Yeah. Um. So we at a point where we're just going to feed Theory legitimate tenured veterans that can maybe fine-tune points of theories game at this point. I mean, like, that's the only thing Randy I can Orton. think of. I'm just thinking that's the only thing I can think of at this point is what they're going to do with it. It seems like I'm not quite sure. I, I still feel like we're going to see some fucking version where theory ends up getting flipped or not theory. Um, theory, theory is like this catalyst towards people flipping baby face is what I was going to say. Like I, I said it last week, like it feels like, like oh, we're gonna, the bloodline, we're gonna flip. Face? No, no, no. Like because of theory's tactics, like he's gonna flip oh. the bloodline baby face. He's gonna flip Dolph baby face. It's just like hard. it's weird. It's, it's weird. It's a weird dichotomy. I'm not sure where they're going with it. Well, here's the thing. With Brock, it's you're not. Fuck Brock. Let me. Let me <laughs> Brock. No, not I'm not 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 that way. I'm just saying fuck Brock because it doesn't really factor in what I want to say. Mm-hmm. Bloodline is in that shade of gray. Yeah. Where yes, they're heels, but the crowd fucking loves them and buys yeah. their merch and right. explodes anytime they come out, especially when Roman's theme hits. Yeah. Like people will bop to the Usos so entrance song, but mm-hmm. when fucking Roman hits and you got that big like choir beginning, like Yeah. That fucking crowd buzzes, man. Like again, it's, it's that shade of gray, man. Like they're booked yeah. heels, but and they they talk like heels, they act like heels, but crowd fucking eats them up, man. I don't, I, I don't think there's really anything you could do to change that at that at this point. Like you basically need them to. The only way I think you ever get the bloodline really, really heelish. Is if you run a program with Dwayne as like the super face of the program, mm-hmm. that's the only way at this point. Like, 
Drew isn't a game changer. Cody isn't really a game changer. Yeah. Uh maybe Biggie. Maybe uh, that's just I, yeah. you're not gonna get that with Shin. Only way you'd ever get that with Shin is if you book a title match in Japan with Shin. Right. Um I don't know. I mean like I get what you're saying and I kind of agree with it, but I just feel like Bloodline's already in that shade of gray where it doesn't matter. They're still going to react how they're going to react for Roman and the Usos. Yeah. Nah. Like I said, it's weird. I, I'm not sure quite. I, plus, I don't know what's, where you go with Ziggler after Theory. Yeah. Unless you have a Theory win the belt back after a month of not having the belt. from last That's a good year. possibility. Like That's the only thing I can think of if you're trying to do something prolonged with Ziggler and Theory. And then have Theory and Ziggler have a good program for the U.S. title. Yeah, I right. could see that, it. That's the only thing that makes any sense. So Theory, obviously. Oh, that, could, that could very well be a good catalyst for have Theory win the U.S. title back and have Dolph be the guy that keeps Theory from cashing in and Dolph being like, you need to focus on the title that you have and realize that there's already a target on your back before you start trying to take the bullseye on someone else's back and just stay on him about the U.S. title that you could you could get a few months out of that. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. So we just covered the U.S. title. Um, I mean, Usos, they're always going to be a thumbs up. Let's just put it that way. Right. I, I, I think they might take the tag belts off them this weekend. I think that's a distinct possibility. I wouldn't be shocked by that. Like, and oh. just let them, like, do something where you, where one of them gets kayfabe injured so they can't automatically go after, for, go go for an automatic rematch. But that way you can still have them on TV mm. at, at Roman's side, even though they're not medically cleared. One of them's not medically cleared. So you've got that whole thing going and you can have the tre- Street Profits go and run with the tag teams that they have left. Right. Um... Roman, obviously, a thumbs up. We don't have to debate that. Um, Lashley. I don't know. I don't think he's got much time left. Lashley was a Vince guy. What? Do we have any word on his contract status? No clue. No clue. But, I mean, he's... He's in his mid forties. It's... And eh, I don't see him. I don't... Yeah, that's... yeah, no. I heard somebody rumor this weekend, by the way, that Lashley, that body, his body is not natural. I don't know. Uh, Bobby's always been pretty strict on his workout regimens. I agree. And he doesn't seem like the kind of military guy that would put himself in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll be, I'll be the first person to call out guys on the gas, and especially if I don't like them. But, I mean, right. like I said, Lashley Lashley is a hell of a nice guy. I just never appreciated anything he's done in the ring. But, yeah, no, he's not on the gas. And he's always had a pretty damn good physique, even going back to his early WWE run. Exactly. Uh-huh. And it stayed, that, it stayed the same level when he was in Impact, which right. is like Impact ain't got no fucking wellness policy. So if he was right. going to get juiced up, he would have done it there. Correct. Um... Titles am I forgetting? Oh, uh, Gunter. Gunter's golden. 
He was, I, he was, he was an NXT. Trips has a ha- had a hand in NXT UK and bringing in Gunter originally, right? So he's he is golden, and especially now with the with the shape that he's in, whew, sky is the fucking limit. Mm. I don't know if you saw pictures. They've been they started teasing at house shows this weekend of a program between Gunter and Drew. Please don't do Seamus and Broman at Clown. No, no. No, I think it's. I think they're just they're testing the waters. That was, they didn't have matches. They just had faceoffs. But I mean, after Clash at the Castle. Oh, potential. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna say, please don't have Seamus win next week, and then, oh God, no. no. No, people want Drew in that spot. I agree. You don't want an Irish guy in the main event at the, in fucking Wales like that. Yeah, that <laughs> no. doesn't fit very well. Um, speak of that real quick, and if I think of other talents, I'll I'll do that. Uh, SmackDown real quick. So Steph opened the show about Vince's retirement and thanked him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Profits promo theory: Usos, Moss all get involved eventually. Mm-hmm. That sets up the main event for the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gunter helps Kaiser beat Shin one on one, which then, you could tell that was Bruce Pritchard booking. Um, but then, as Kaiser seems happy with himself at the top of the ramp, Gunter says "fuck you" and still chops him as punishment. Right, and let me just cut in on that because this is how, it, like, <laughs> I think, like, I'm pretty sure Bruce was head of creative going into SmackDown, and this is one of the things where afterwards Trips went yes, that made was. no fucking sense. He was still kind of creative that night, right? He was, but and then afterwards Trips was like, "That made no fucking sense because why are you going to have Imperium, who the whole thing is the mat is sacred, and have Gunter." Help, help cheat his his guy cheat yeah. just is like, well he punished him afterwards no it doesn't matter he would have rather had him take the loss and not sullied the fucking mat well, i'll give you bruce's excuse well they're not imperium anymore they're just good and ludwig kaiser imperium doesn't exist anymore Right, you, but you can say it, but still, they, they're still doing the mat is sacred. Like that's still part of the. I, I know, limit. I know. I'm yeah. just saying, Bruce doesn't listen to his own shit. Is what I'm saying. Exactly, and that's the fucking problem, and that's why Trips is like, no, you're fucking done. Like you're one and done. That's it. Can we just send Bruce back to his ranch in Houston and just have him do Please. podcasts and call it a day? Please. Seriously, like, that I, was the only time I actually. Johnny Lord Ice is already gone. Kevin Dunn's one foot out the door. Right. That like, was like, let me let me get back to actually like having not having a absolute hate for Bruce Pritchard. Like I liked listening to fucking something to wrestle. Like just old war stories. Fine. Just live off that for the rest of your fucking days. Right. Live off telling old war stories. Don't right. try to fucking tell me you know how to do shit now because you fucking don't. Just tell no, old war stories. No, you're right. You know, it's that's the prime example. Side side note, that's the prime example between like you know you listen to podcasts between like you listen to Pritchard, you listen to Cornette, you listen to fucking Bischoff. Bischoff will admit I don't know shit half the time, but from a business standpoint, this is what I would do. Cornette still knows his shit because he's a historian and goes, "This is what should happen," and usually has a good point. Pritchard has always been a fucking yes man who has never had any good fucking ideas who can't say I know what's going on and is just good at telling old stories. That's the way it is. That's the way it should be. Yeah. I, I can't argue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm gonna get Ronda and live backstage. Okay. Um, then Corbin attacks McAfee at the, the announce table. Pat mm-hmm. chases him into the back for a pull mm-hmm. apart, and then they come back from break, and McAfee cuts a short promo in the ring on Corbin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have the Viking Raiders beat Jinder and Shanky by countout because reasons. Reasons. Um. Because God forbid we have the Viking Raiders, especially with their new heel personas, look strong and pin guys. Right. Uh, Then we had the uh, promo segment with the Brawling Brutes and Drew in the ring. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shillelagh match. Sheamus presents. No, no, no. That's not what's being called. It's being called a good old fashioned Donnybrook match. (laughs) But yeah, it's fucking it's a fucking Shillelagh match. Let's just call it what it is. Um. To determine number one contender, that's going to be this coming. So the the go home for SummerSlam is what it's going to be on. Mm-hmm. Um, Usos and Heyman backstage. Heyman basically telling them not to take out Theory, to take out Moss. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, Raquel beats Sonya Deville. Yay. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, question, though. Over the last few weeks, with this Lacey Evans shit, what is stopping Aaliyah from just fucking jumping her during these fucking promos? Exactly. They're and in the ring. What, yep. mm-hmm. They're in the ring. Aaliyah's just standing there like a fucking lump And this log. bitch goes rambling on for five minutes and then right. turns and punches her. Like, and the closest right. we got to any physicality was Aaliyah finally being like, like confronting her when she was done talking and Lacey laying around with a woman's right. That's the closest right. you got to physicality in three weeks of this bullshit. Uh-huh. And apparently they're finally going to wrestle this coming Friday. Like, and yeah. And that's where nobody fucking cares anymore. Exactly. Cause no one fucking cares about either. both of them are terrible fucking talents. So like, <laughs> like what are we doing here? Um, then we get Jared backstage interview with Kayla. He's going to go from, you go from refereeing one of the best tag matches of the, the year to facing a 73-year-old man who likes to gig himself in a parking lot. Um, although, no, they yelled hard. They, they, by the way, you finally saw the clip yes, that I yes, saw. Okay. It, yes. it, am I right? Did, did When Jared hits Flair, did I hear right? Did I hear Flair say, you hard me? And Jared yep. say, you're goddamn right, I hard weighed. Yes. Is that yes. what I fucking heard? Yeah. Like, wait a, oh my God. Like, that's not even a phrasing that the fucking IWC uses. Way to completely fuck yep. Kate Fabe in the ass right there. But uh-huh. whatever. Jesus. Like, I thought I heard that. And then I had to watch, like, I had to watch it a second time and a third time just to make sure. Mm-hmm. Fucking dicks. God damn. It's all right. They're going to open up their own company. It's called Gore Wrestling. And the world champion's gonna be Rhino. Gore! 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 No, no, this is a fucking end of kayfabe. <laughs> oh, sure. Um, <laughs> then we get, like I mentioned earlier, Sophia Cromwell from NXT debuted as Maxine Dupree, Max's sister, mm-hmm. and they tease the Beachwear Collection thingamabobber being ne- this coming week now instead of what was supposed to be this past Friday. Yeah. Apparently. Uh, LA Knight, whatever you want to fucking call him, he didn't like the direction they were going to go with the whole um, Triple M thing. Yeah. Um, just, I don't know, just some I mean, weird backstage so shit going on. He was doing with it what he could. He was obviously just reading what he wrote and trying to get it over. But he's being told not to sound like LA Knight, as long and short of it. Right, exactly. But the whole thing is like, 
And this is where, like, because I'm not the biggest fan of Eli Drake, but he, Eli Drake only knows how to sound like he had Eli Drake. He doesn't know how to do anything you can't, else. You're not going to change the tenor of his voice. Right. But the whole thing is this gimmick, especially, like, the moment they had Sophia Cromwell come in, even though she is green as a leprechaun's dick, you put her with it. The entire gimmick makes more sense when it's a chick standing there with these two guys. Right. Like, I'm sorry, but if you have a guy introducing his modeling agency, you think that it's going to be women. But if you have a girl doing it, and obviously standing by my two beautiful specimens of manhood, it right. just fucking works better. And if you were going to do a guy, I think it would have made, made more sense for Robert Stone than L.A. Knight, but whatever. That too. Um, Any hooser. Uh, well, we'll see what the to this whether Max Dupree is completely gone and they just have LA Knight show up on Smackdown out of nowhere or if I mean who knows maybe maybe they gave or, Eli Drake a fucking offer like they gave Bobby Roode true or actually no that wouldn't make any sense never mind I'm gonna shut up okay. um, <laughs> I was gonna say twist it around and have LA Knight just get repackaged as one of the models but that doesn't make fucking sense nah, no. um now we end the show with Moss and the Prophets winning by DQ over Theory and Usos when Theory attacks Moss with the briefcase for the second week in a row. Mm -hmm. And then, hey, what do you know? Guess who fucking shows up to end the show? <laughs> oh, fucking Alvarez. Brock's not at the show. Brock walked out of SmackDown. Brock refuses to work with anyone but Vince. Right. Fuck off. And then all of a sudden, the IWC has a fucking shit fit. <laughs> um, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself. I had to put this on here. Oh, my God. I, I personally like the one on the very bottom left corner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Jabba the Hutt one. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's my favorite. That's my favorite. Dude, I'm telling you, like, I was just sitting there Friday, like, at 7.30 going, either way, I win in this matter. Because either Brock's going to show up and prove out the everyone, like, the Observer wrong once again and prove that they're full of shit, or Brock's not going to show up, and everything that I've been talking about how much of a cunt Brock is for the past 10 years actually comes to fruition. So I win either way. Yep. <laughs> All right, real quick. SummerSlam, the card hasn't changed since we discussed it uh, back on Thursday. Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't see it changing. They might add uh, something. Yeah, I think there's only two. They could probably I, add I, I Gunter see... and Nakamura. Right. I also see them potentially adding for a pre-show match. You might get New Day versus the Viking Raiders. Yeah. Maybe. No, that's oh. happening this weekend. Th that's happening this Friday. Oh, they are actually going to have a match on Friday? Yeah, I the thought they home? advertised that. Oh, okay. for the home. I, I honestly didn't notice that. Um, but hypothetically, you could spin it around because they don't have a problem spinning matches around real quick. So yeah. who knows? Right. Um, yeah, so just to run down the card real quick. Um, Roman and Brock, we know what that is. Mm -hmm. McAfee, Corbin, Flashly Theory for the U.S., Mm -hmm. Usos and Profits with Jared as the referee. Mm -hmm. Liv and Ronda for the SmackDown Women's title. Riddle and Rollins. Bianca and Becky for the Raw Women's title. Mm -hmm. And then Logan Paul and The Miz. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's the card. Um, Man, it's still a solid enough show. Oh, yeah. Uh, predictions. I'll just run through real quick. I'm going to say Roman McAfee. 
I'm going to lean towards them putting the belt back on Theory, but I'm not totally confident yeah. saying that. Um, I can't make a choice in this tag title match. I was going to say Usos up until recently, and I, I just think I think I think they might, but because the Usos don't need the titles to stay over. Like they obviously yeah. already unified everything, so that's fine. So now we go ahead with unified titles. So that means it's fine. The Street Profits can fucking win them. All right. Yeah, you convinced me. I'll go with the Profits. Um, I just, based on everything I've heard from the live events, I don't think they take it off live. I think they just say, fuck it, let's run with it. I know it's Ronda, but... If they do, it's going to be some dirty fucking finish. It's yeah. going to be like 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 Bailey shows up and gets and, and gets Ronda counted out. Yeah. Or Becky. Bailey or some, Becky. Something that sets up Ronda for something else going forward basically. Yes. Um I think Riddle wins over Seth. Um I'll take Bianca to retain and uh, I'll I I think I'll go with Logan Paul. I don't like it, but I'll tell no, you. No, Logan Paul's going over, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's that. All right. Now let's get to the... Hold on, hold on. Oh, wait, there's one other so thing. I got to get back to that Paul London story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul London thing. Yeah, yeah. The last... This so, apparently, so apparently sometime during this weekend, Paul London was interviewed or just came out with something where he basically said that there was some time when he was employed there where Ashley Massaro came to him crying about some advances that Vince had made towards her. Oh, that's who said that. Yeah. Real fucking, I never read it. Yeah. Real fucking convenient that you can go and tell a story about someone who's been dead for three years. So they can't corroborate it just so you can talk shit about Vince once again and get some fucking ink. Yeah. That's yeah. Paul London's a piece of shit. Yeah. I was wondering who said that. I just didn't. Because Ashley's been dead for three years, I didn't think it was necessary to open that can of worms. Exactly. But like, <sighs> I yeah, fucking Jesus Christ. If anyone else had said it, I might have believed it. But because but it's like, Paul London, because people because uh, people are like, well, maybe it's because Ashley was one of those people that signed an NDA, and so. Then this could have come out in 2020 after she had died, right? And this all this 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 snowball could have started rolling a hell of a lot earlier. Correct, 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 and correct. All right, I will. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna start with this briefly because I just want to roll through Friday's rampage quick, which I'm sure you didn't watch, neither did I. But it was, and we can also go over what they've advertised for dynamite this week. Okay. Um, Amen and Silver be Butcher and Blade in tag action. Big surprise. Claudio cut a promo. Uh, Lee Moy already went over dirty against Dante Martin by holding the ropes. Interesting. So, so Lee Moriarty, who just got fucked over and had a guy turn heel on him two weeks ago, is now turning heel. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, then we got Baker and Jamie Hader beating Sky Blue and Ashley. It was their last yeah. name for Ashley. I don't know. I don't think <laughs> uh, and then Jay Lethal beat Christopher Daniels in the main event. And they went off the air with Lethal, Sanjay, and Satinam Singh beating up Chris Daniels after that. Because they needed Lethal to get a victory right before the ROH show. Exactly. Um, this is such paint by numbers fucking booking. 
What do we have here for? Let me go to Twitter and bring up AEW's account and see. Oh, God. LA Knight is trending. Oh, God. Hold on. Hold on. Uh-oh. Right, hold on. Why is LA Knight trending? Oh, it's just people. Oh, Jesus. Fuck. I'll read you one tweet. It's nothing bad. Um, okay. It's just people basically saying, please bring back L.A. Knight as L.A. Knight. That's basically what we're saying. Okay. Um, the one tweet I'm seeing, though, specifically says, Triple H, please bring back L.A. Knight, Pete Dunn, Johnny Gargano, Dominic Dijakovic, and maybe Bray Wyatt, and please get rid of the 24-7 title. Those are all not half-bad ideas, so yeah. I might say. I'm right. pretty sure he'll be calling Johnny, but I know Johnny said in a recent interview that he wants to be home for the entire first year of his kid's life. That would be nice, actually. Which is yeah, it's commendable as fuck. So let Johnny let let Johnny take a rest until what what was it? What it'll be like February next year? Yeah, something like that. All right, so fight for the fallen. Before we get into death before dishonor, mm-hmm. fight for the fallen is this Wednesday night in where the fuck are they? I don't even remember where they are. But anyways, um, <laughs> so we have. A handicap match of Tony Nese and Smart Mark against Swerve Strickland. So basically a singles match with Mark Sterling just kind of there. Right. Um, we have Mox defending the interim world title against Roosh. For no reason with no build other than Roosh's 10-0 and 0 in AEW. So let's right. just kill that momentum. Yeah, because fuck it. Um, we have Roosh, rankings, but we're not never going to pay attention to them. I was going to say, I'm sure Roosh is, is number one in the rankings, too. Miyu <laughs> um, Yamashita comes to the States to get her match against the Women's World Champion Thunder Rosa for the belt. Um, in the third of three quote unquote title matches, Dan Housen gets a shot at Ricky Starks for the FTW title. So they can have Hook turn on Dan Housen. I was going to say, I was, I was waiting to see if you would drop anything in there, and that's actually not a half bad idea. But then we get to the real fuck fest of this. <laughs> so this brings me to San Diego Comic-Con this weekend. Yep. Before we get into the announcement made, let's start with this. So we're just going to go ahead and have Brody King and Darby Allen just ruin every fucking thing at this point now that we're doing. Did you see what they did? No, no, I didn't. The only thing I knew about San Diego Comic-Con about AEW was, was Danielson. Was, was Danielson. That was it. Right. We'll come back to Danielson. So Darby Allen was part of the AEW panel. Yay, I'm, I'm sure there was a huge turnout for that. I'm assuming the panel was over by the time this happened because I didn't see anybody else on the stage aside from Darby when it happened. Um, But the crowd was still there. So Darby's there, just standing there. <laughs> Fucking Brody King and Malachi Black come out onto the stage and Brody King chokes out Darby again. And then they lay him on the fucking table they sit down in front of microphones. They don't take any questions. They both said something random I couldn't decipher because the video wasn't that great that I saw. And it was like a quick one or two sentence blurb they both said. And then they got up and walked away and left Darby laying across the table. That's fucking ridiculous. Like WWE, the only time WWE has ever run an angle at San Diego Comic-Con was after Punk had won the title in Chicago. And he just showed up in the crowd during the Q&A holding up the belt. But that was it. Right. WWE is smart enough to not run a fucking angle during a fucking Q&A. That is hokey, below carny shit. 
Because people are expecting it. Now, another thing WWE has been known for at San Diego Comic-Con is typically you get these wrestlers telling some interesting stories you might not have otherwise heard. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think that's I think that's where Punk and Kofi once told the story about when they got pulled over and they automatically yeah. like the cops automatically assumed Kofi had weed in the car, yeah. so they cleared up the trunk and they lost all their protein powder and shit. Mm-hmm. That if you haven't seen the video, go look it up on YouTube. It's not that hard to find. It's actually a pretty funny story, yeah. and they both tell it pretty well. Yeah. Um, like I th- I think there was and there's been sometimes like I think there was an AJ Lee thing with a yeah. fan at like there's been yeah. some cool shit that's come out of it. Um, with AEW, we have we have Brian Danielson using it as his way to announce he's medically cleared to return and he's going to face Daniel Garcia and fight for the fall. For no reason. Let's announce it to tens of people instead of thousands of people. Right. Let's not announce it on TV. Right. No. And no, that that is no. one of the, that is one of the main fucking that. So, oh god, I can't believe I have to say this. But I've, I've, we've had to cover this. I don't know if I've covered it here, but I've covered it on the past on the old show. This is indie promoter bullshit. This is indie promoters thinking that social media gets more eyes than television. Like they think that social media is the end all be all of advertising, which is why indie promoters don't do shit like try to try to run commercials on local TV stations or try to or go out and fly or, or take out ads in local newspapers or shit like that because they stations? think that social media is everything. Radio stations too. Radio stations, yeah, exactly. Yeah, unless you're Matthew James and work at a radio station, that's a little different. Right. That's whatever. Um, <laughs> That's my boy right there. I bet. I had to do a shameless plug for him. I couldn't help it. Um, So now we get to. I I I don't even want to. I don't even. I don't know. I don't know. I have to turn around for this. I don't. I don't. I don't. I have to. I have to. I have to personally reflect and harness my anger before (laughs) turning back around and facing the screen. I'm just staring at the banner of my other old podcast I used to do. (laughs) <laughs> and just trying to find the the presence of mind, hence the brain in the middle of the banner, if you can see it. I'm trying to find the presence of mind to keep calm before I begin discussing the complete whatever happened on Saturday night. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to collect myself. Hi, Derek. Nice buyout. Nice, uh, nice series you got going on in ESPN. Hi, Derek Jeter. Waving at you. All right, now I'll turn back around. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's begin with this. Um, and this is something you said to me, but I'll vocalize it before we get into what was the card for Death Before Dishonor. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Tony came off a coke binger and finally realized, oh, I signed dudes that need to be on this card. Let me call them quick. Uh-huh. Um, because you suddenly had... You suddenly went from six to seven matches to 11 matches by the time the curtain went up. Mm-hmm. All within 72 hours, basically. Mm-hmm. From the time Dynamite went off the air to curtain up Saturday night, you mm-hmm. added four matches out of fucking thin air. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck me. Um, but so they advertised just- them on Twitter, so it counts. We just went over this. That's what I meant. That's why I meant said it. Not to mention, you now went to four pre-show fucking matches. 
Mm-hmm. No pre-show for a pay-per-view means four fucking matches. <sighs> okay. Um, Plus, let, let me just mention this. Let me just mention going into this. Yeah. Um, on any time during Dynamite or Rampage in the past couple of weeks, did they mention how you could view this pay-per-view? I know they did Wednesday and Dynamite. Because I they remember you I have remember to view Sock- it on Bleacher Report. Yes, I've, I've, I've okay. I distinctly remember Sockface mentioning it. Right. So yeah, so you could watch this on Bleacher Report or Fight TV. Of course, do you know what the overall question was of people who were trying to watch it was for the past three weeks that was never addressed, even though the answer was automatically no? Oh, I was going to say price, but go ahead. Can I watch this on Honor Club? Well, I mean, it's probably not on the website anymore, so that's why it would be. Honor Club's still running. Because Tony Khan's still taking people's money. (laughs) Ah! Ah! Which is why people kept their Honor Club memberships after fucking April, or after March, when Tony Khan said he bought it, because it was said that Honor Club would still be up. And so people figured, well, other Ring of Honor pay-per-views are on Honor Club, so that means I can watch this one, right? No. Honor Club is nothing more than WWE Network minus the live events. Yeah. It's all the old footage that you have to watch online because it hasn't been fucking, you know, most of the old shit hasn't been transferred over to HD. I was going to say pre-HD. Jesus fuck. (sighs) But he has to keep that running because he's got to recoup some of that $30 million somehow. What a cocksucker. God Uh damn. Trust me, we'll be calling him that more in a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, you know what? Before we even get into the card, uh, let me let me appease you with something I want to show. Hang on, hang the fuck on. I have a I have a slideshow of seven pictures to roll through. I'm gonna save the last picture actually for a specific match. Let me roll through this slideshow here. Here's picture number one. And if you're on the, if you're on the the audio only side, I'm just gonna tell you this. They're not pretty pictures for Ring for Ring of Honor slash AEW. Here's picture one. Now, mind you, some of these pictures, because there's some pictures that have been circulating the internet, but this picture and a couple others were actually shared from a friend of mine. These were actually taken by Leo Connors from uh, the wrestling talk show up in uh, up in New Hampshire. And these are all pictures you sent me on posting. So just so you know. Yeah. So this was one of the ones that Leo took. Because like I said, Leo has a, uh, he has a wrestling talk show. I just want to give him a shout out. Um, I know it's like local access in New Hampshire, but I think it also has a streaming online. But yeah. It's another Leo picture. And then. Yep. That's Leo. Yep. Same Leo. And that was, for, yeah, because that's from where Leo was sitting. Because that was the first picture he took was Bobby Cruz. Actually got to think. But you can see. So Bobby Cruz, this is when he was facing the crowd. The hard camera is at his back right now. Mm-hmm. So you can see past the second row, those are all empty rows. Mm-hmm. And this is after the Willow Allison K match from, I think that was on the pre-show, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the last match of the yep. pre-show. And that's them facing the hard cam side. So you can see up top there, all the empty rows. Now, during the pre-show, what they did. This, this one is, this is during the six-man tag from the pre-show as well. Yep. So they're yep. So they're facing, you can see them facing the other side, and that, that entire section is empty. So what they did was during the pre-show, they took 
everyone that bought tickets because a lot of people bought tickets either on that side or in the upper bowl. And they, but the thing was they bought them in the upper bowl in the, um, in the, in the curve. Right. So that that way they could see downwards at the ring. Yeah. They took all of those people in the, who had bought upper bowl tickets and who bought tickets in the curve and put them over on the other side. So that when hard camera would face it, they could do a wide angle shot. And it would look like a full crowd because that's the thing is like, there's one guy on Twitter who's like, that's Photoshop. Look, I took a picture from up here where you can tell that he was standing like where a concession stand was. Uh-huh. And he did a wide shot. The thing was, you don't see all the sections below him are empty. Right. And okay. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six sections you see there that are all full of people. Each section is only 150 people. So. Okay, you know something? If this was if this was 2004 Ring of Honor, it's fucking amazing. Because you're just starting out, and goddamn, you drew fucking 1,200 people. Awesome. This is a pay-per-view. This is... That, that is... Like, people want to bitch about, like, how low the crowd was for December to Dismember. Like, December for Dismember had more advertising than this did. And I'm sorry, it's, it's a fucking pay-per-view. And you're in Lowell, which... I'm sorry, but that's that's you know, Lowell has a decent wrestling following because that's where Chaotic runs in Lowell all the time. Lucky Pro Wrestling runs in Lowell all the time. And uh, I think Atlantic Pro runs in Lowell at least a handful of times a year. Like the wife's family lives around Lowell. I know that there is a wrestling fan base up there. You did not tap into it. Nope. Then we get to the other news that apparently was occurring backstage before the show. Oh, I'm ready. It's not referring to the world title match. We'll get to that later. Oh, I know. So apparently Tully was never going to be there Saturday night. Yep. Because he had commitments for his prison ministry group back in Texas, right? Is it Texas? I think so. Yeah, it's somewhere. Around, yeah. He's either yeah, Texas that's, or North Carolina. I can't remember. I want to say that's, Texas. That's Tully's thing. Tully's a fucking, Tully's a minister. So, um, so in storyline, they had Tully Blanchard Enterprises purchased by Prince Nana and rebranded as part of the embassy. And now there's reports that Tully is not factored into any plans going forward with Ring of Honor or AEW. Well, I don't blame them because they've treated Tully like shit since they used him for the nostalgia thing with the they, they used him for that nostalgia thing with uh, 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 during during the Daily Show the, during the Daily's Play shows back yes. before you know they used him for the stuff with JJ Dillon and stuff. But I mean they they've done nothing with Tully like you gave. You gave the revival Tully because like, oh, they're like the brain busters and blah, blah. Right. And then you never had Tully fucking talk for them. Right. And Tully's a hell of a talker. Well, they need Tully really to talk for them. They kind of did because they, I will admit they've gotten better at promos in recent, in the most, in the, like the last 12 months than they had been. Oh, when they first came in, yes, they needed the help. They needed, they needed help with promos. Yes. But so you've got, so you fuck over Tully. And then 
so this is your story. They don't mention it to anyone. Nana wasn't even supposed to fucking be there. If you look at the pictures, Nana's in fucking jeans. Like, literally, he just showed, because, like, because uh, remember how he said John Walters was supposed to be there? Mm-hmm. So Walters was there with Josh Woods and someone else. They were the judges for the for the pure title match. They showed them ringside, sitting in their street clothes. Nana was just supposed to be hanging out there and they were like, fuck. And they were lucky that he had like one of the headpieces in his car, basically. Hmm. But yeah, you look at Nana, he's wearing, he's, he's, he's wearing jeans and a fucking, and a polo shirt. Like he wasn't supposed to be there. Oh boy. Oh boy. Well, let's get into the card, shall we? So pre-show real quick. <laughs> Your four pre-show matches. You open with Cole Cabana beating Anthony Henry in ten minutes because we need to have fucking Cole Cabana appear. Now, oh by the way, people were bitching. Well, not people, but I, there was at least one tweet I saw bitching about JD Drake not being allowed to uh, make good on an indie date this weekend because of being needed for Death Before Dishonored last minute. Uh-huh. Twitch, I say I get the angle. But don't you think he'd rather prefer the payday for that show over the indie show? Depends. Depends on how much he was supposed to make for that indie. Like JD basically got paid to stand there and look manly. Yeah, true. And do nothing. Yeah. Less bumps, more money. But okay, but. yeah, that's fair enough. Um, second pre-show match we had. Davari and Slim J. Who the fuck is Slim J? That's the guy that they stuck with Aria Davari and uh, Parker Boudreaux. Oh, well, uh, they beat the Shinobi Shadow Squad, Cheeseburger, and Eli Isom. Five and a half <laughs> minutes. Then this is where they announced the whole Tully Blanchard embassy thing. Yeah. Because um, Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony had a six man tag that they won against Alex Zane, Blake Christian, and Tony Deppin. That one, 11 and a half. And then your final pre-show match, Willow Nightingale goes over on Allison K in less than eight minutes. Poor Willow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she went over, but poor Willow. Willow. Thank you. All right. So now we get to. I need to understand something here. Uh-huh. I'm all cool with wanting to start the show hot. This is not turning the show hot. This is getting something out of the way. You have Gresham and Claudio go as the second shortest match of your card. And as the opener. Your world title match is the opener. opener. And only doesn't even go 12. You could have had Claudio and Gresham go a half hour. No problem. Yep. And the people would have said that it was match of the year. But instead, we're sucking FTR's disc- dicks and giving them and the Briscoes 45 at the end. So it's fine that they made that the main event. I can understand because that's what they put their all their eggs in the basket for. And there's 45? been ROH. What? No, 45? I'm not saying I'm not saying with the time. I'm not saying with the time. I'm just saying with its spot on the card. Because that's where they put the they put all their eggs in that basket. Plus, I've I'm seen cool ROH shows. Main event, but then you're, I've, I've seen ROH event. shows where the heavyweight title wasn't the main event and the tag title was. So I'm just right. saying, and, and that that's fine. Right. 
My I'm more concerned. Problem with... is how do you not have it as a double main event with a world title is somewhere in that part of the card? Exactly. And like, and listen, it's it's a time honored tradition for me for some reason that when one of the big four for WWE comes up, I start binging on their older versions of that pay per view. Yeah. So I've been binging on old SummerSlams the last few weeks. Yeah. Which brings me to, you could have pulled off a, a five star two out of three falls match. Well, I'm having to go 45 fucking minutes. Oh, yeah. And the reason I bring this up is I just watched the two out of three falls from SummerSlam 1990 with the Heart Foundation and Demolition. Yep. There's a way to fucking pull it off in less than 45 minutes mm-hmm. without almost killing yourself going off the top rope into a table ringside. But that's what uh-huh. um, we'll, we'll say that. <laughs> Jumping into it. Essentially. Um, Anyone who thinks that spot was good is just fucking dumb. Now, with Gresham, so, teaser, Gresham loses. Um, Because we already knew that because of the dark taping that took place earlier this week. So, Gresham drops the Ring of Honor world title to Claudio. Apparently, he doesn't come out with his octopus mask on. I believe he also didn't come out with his foundation flag, if I remember correctly. He didn't come out with anything. No, like, he just came out in just his ring gear with the belt. And here's the thing. They just announced during the pre-show that... Tully Blanchard Enterprises is now the embassy. They didn't have Prince Nana come out with him. Nana was out there, I thought. No. He wasn't out there with Gresham? No. Oh, okay. Gresham just came out by himself. And you, everyone in attendance said you could tell the moment he walked out that there was something up because of the look on his face. Yeah. And so do we want to delve into all the details of this now or let's get through the card and then go back to this? Uh, I mean, do we want to address this quick? I was going to cover that when we went into the details. All right, so let's go into the details. Um, okay, only, yeah, Sean Spears can go fuck himself. So let me, I'm going to teed off by saying this. Uh, you're seeing us on the YouTube side. Sean Spears tweeted out not too long after the pay-per-view went off the air, quote, remember, kiddies, attitude and professionalism go a very long way because he really knows something about that, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Because he uh, didn't talk shit about WWE when he was released or anything. And also, I just want to mention this picture. Yeah. <laughs> of an ex-WWE guy winning an ROH World title from an Impact crowd. So, yeah. That's yeah, that's pretty bad. Huh. Is that somebody with a fucking poster with Cody's American Nightmare tattoo symbol on yes, the Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, I want to know that troll would hug him. Sorry. Right? Uh, but go ahead. What, what's uh, what, what do you want to bring up about this whole Gresham thing? So, number one, because, of course, everybody with a keyboard has their fucking thoughts on this, and they're all wrong. It's not the fact that he had to drop the title. Gresham doesn't care about that. Gresham Gresham has dropped that fucking title before. It's the fact that... Let's take the steps here and look at it. Number one... Three weeks before this fucking pay-per-view, you've got him in a program with Lee, Morinart- Lee Moriarty, this fucking greenhorn. Mm-hmm. And that's not even the build towards the pay-per-view. That's to be paid. That's just so you can be on Rampage a couple of times on TV so that they can shill this pay-per-view. But, but they literally don't have an opponent for you until the week before where literally the build-up is the indie booker of this uh, indie booker special of the night of have another guy stand on the ramp and look at you. And it's like, okay, yeah, you know something? With the right buildup, Claudio and Gresham could have been an amazing fucking program. 
it could it, 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 it could have been something of fucking beauty and it could have been about two pure athletes going against each other for what they consider to be the highest fucking honor possible but no you've got Gresham appearing and look let's let's not mention the fact that between April and July there were zero ring of honor shows zero no house shows no pay-per-views just because you have Ring of Honor belts appear on your show does not mean Ring of Honor still fucking exists. It's just extra titles. It's the same thing as after Vince bought WCW and you had the fucking US title and the TV title and the WCW tag titles and the cruiserweight title and all these things bopping around, taking up time on Raw and SmackDown. Nobody fucking cared. It was just extra fucking belts. All you did was add seven fucking belts to your fucking company that already had too many fucking belts. So then, so then you give them the zero build, but let's back it up. Since he bought ring of honor, how many times has Gresham appeared on AEW TV? Because it's supposed to, Jonathan Gresham is all elite because of ring of honor. You had him randomly defend it against Dalton castle at battle of the belts which number one was pre-taped and number two had zero build and was just there because you have a show called battle of the Belts, So you need belts to be defended on it. And God forbid you have your champion on it. Cause you just had your champion defended on fucking rampage instead that week. And then you don't see Gresham again. You, you the YouTube once again, the YouTube make sure it's the YouTube show doesn't count. YouTube show doesn't count. So anything that happens with YouTube, no, to take it off the fucking table. So you've got so you've got a guy who's supposed to be the champion of your quote unquote developmental brand that you're going to be making, never on TV. But what does this guy do? This guy still carries the banner of this dead fucking company everywhere he goes. He goes over the fucking pond and wins the fucking Defy Championship just so you can get a picture of him holding up both fucking belts together to Progress, say, look. What? Progress, not Defy. Progress, not Defy. Sorry, yeah. I, I, it's because Defy's... But yeah. So yeah. Wrong way. Still. Wrong way. Yeah, yeah. Wrong way. Yeah. It's exactly. the Atlantic belt, though, so it could be either way. Exactly. Fine. It's every, every ocean is the Atlantic. So, fucking... So you've got him holding up these belts trying to say that this still matters. In the meantime, you've got him on the hook so he doesn't know when he can run Terminus shows because he doesn't know when he's going to be on call. Yep. to fucking do this, but he runs a Terminus show, brings in AW people to fucking be on that to bolster your fucking product. Yep. Well, he's just trying to get his fucking off the ground, and the whole thing was because Terminus was basically supposed to be like ROH's feeder program for when ROH made its return before mm -hmm. Sinclair sold it. And I guarantee Tony Khan gave him a line of bullshit about, we'll still have that plan in place. And that way, Terminus can be like the evolve to the evolve to NXT. Uh, that well, sorry, Terminus can be to ROH what Evolve was to NXT. NXT. Gotcha. Exactly. Which would have been, which would have been, you know, Art. you know, advantageous for everyone. So, did he get him fucked on that? Then on top of it, now mind you, remember I went to the Impact pay per view in Poughkeepsie back a couple months ago. Uh -huh. What happened on that show? 
He was booked to defend the belt, and then... I pulled into the fucking parking garage, and there's Gresham leaving because he got told an hour before fucking bell time that he wasn't allowed to work the show. Like, was a concussion protocol they claimed, I think it was? Yeah, they claimed concussion protocol, but he was cleared because the concussion was from weeks prior. Mm-hmm. They And they didn't even say concussion protocol. They just yanked him because... Gresham was there, ready to fucking go, which means he was medically cleared. If he wasn't medically cleared, he wouldn't have fucking been there. Mm-hmm. But he got told an hour before fucking, sorry, not two hours before bell time, an hour before doors, you're not on the fucking show anymore and had to fucking leave. And that's, uh, hi, eyewitness saw Jonathan Gresham in the fucking parking garage, walking back to his car pissed off. So guess what? Tony Khan fucked him out of I don't I, I don't care if it was a payday I, but it was definitely exposure it was a fucking pay-per-view it was fucking it, it was a way to keep, keep the ring of honor fucking name alive because obviously you have no problem bringing in impact guys to work your ring of honor show because you brought the fucking righteous in go ahead real quick do you think that was really a ring of honor call because it was an impact show it wasn't a ring of honor show it was Tony Khan's call you think Tony made that call, or do you think that was a Scott Demore decision? You just froze on me, dude. Oh. Uh-oh. There you are. Sorry, you froze. Please repeat. Uh, I was saying, do you really think that was a Tony decision, or do you think that was a Scott Demore decision? JJ. JJ's frozen. JJ, what you doing? I hear you. I, <laughs> I All heard right. you. That was there. It. You go. You All right. I you. I, I wasn't getting you. Sorry. I heard you. <laughs> I heard you singing, motherfucker. <laughs> so no. So that was a Tony call because Tony still has Scott Demore by the fucking short and curlies. Because Tony can say it's my belt. I don't want it defended on this show. Okay. So he fucked. So so he fucked Gresham on that, and then on top of it, as we and know, he fucks everybody that showed up in Kipsy expecting that too. Exactly. I was more than I was going to be more than happy to see Gresham fucking live because I, I I'd never gotten the chance to see him live. Trevor, who was that match supposed to be against? Oh fuck, who was it supposed to be? Uh, was it Eddie? Yes, it was against Eddie Edwards. Fucking that would have been a fucking banger. Mm-hmm. Nope. 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 So you've got all these fucking factors. And then, and then as we find out from Gresham, Tony Khan doesn't return fucking texts and calls as we know is the protocol. Cause it's been said by many people. And then apparently there's the word coming out again that has circled before about Tony Khan being a racist, which if you look at, if you look at the track record, now you've got big swole, as much as I hate to say it, Leo Rush, Jonathan Gresham, and to an extent, Willow Nightingale, all kind of verifying this fact. So here's a, a tweet that kind of refers to that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, this actually refers specifically to women specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, this tweet says, quote, the amount of women released from WWE still waiting to go somewhere who are a lot more high profile and yet fucking two diamonds gets a dynamite match before any of them. And for a title, by the way. 
Mm-hmm. No matter how fake the title may be, it's still a it's technical still for title a match. Right. Uh, now try convince me there's not a huge separation in that place. Uh, that place's value of men and women. Yeah. So that kind of gets to what you were referring. Exactly. So this, you know, so guess what? If I was Jonathan Gresham, and I mean, granted, I would have done this for free. But yeah, if I was Jonathan Gresham, I would have cussed Tony, Tony Khan the fuck out, too, because I guarantee... Gresham was like, I get Gresham walked into there knowing he was dropping the title. It was uh, that was obvious from him not showing up on dark with the title. And that's fine. I sure uh, Gresham, I'm sure Gresham and Claudio have a great fucking rapport. And I'm sure and that and that and that's completely fine. But when he walks in there and gets told you're the opening fucking match and you get 10 minutes. Uh-huh. That's the last fucking straw. I'm sorry. As a fucking worker, I will tell you that is the last fucking straw. And you know something? The fact that Gresham still went out there, still works professionally, still did the job, and didn't act like Austin Aries 10 seconds after he got pinned shows his level of professionalism. And shows how much he respects Claudio. Exactly. And shows how much he respects the fucking business because Gresham could have just said right there, he could have cussed him out and said, you know something? Fuck you. You don't have a title match and walked out. But no, he didn't. He still went out and worked the fucking match. Mm-hmm. All right. And so everyone's saying that Gresham is a fucking diva. Go fuck yourself. Agreed. Then we got our second title change the night afterwards. Dalton and the boys defeating the righteous to become the new six man tag champs. Cause reasons because Vinny is under contract to impact. Probably. That's the only reason I can think of Bateman and Dutch ain't got fucking shit. They've been working fucking control your narrative. Yeah. Um, then Wheeler Yuta successfully defends the pure title against Daniel Garcia. By the way, Dalton, the six man tag match was the only match that went less time. <laughs> it went under 10. Um, we were you to defends against Garcia and wins. That match goes about 16. But Garcia only but Garcia only lost by a roll-up, so they're gonna continue this program. Right, because you really needed Garcia to interrupt interrupt the media scrum, quote unquote. Yeah, d- d- dude. The, the the second I saw that video, that tie what where do they hold that media scrum in a fucking broom closet? Kind of looked like it, didn't it? <laughs> Like, see, like when you hold a media scrum or a press conference, you're in a banquet hall or at least a conference room. Yeah. That was like that place was like the size of my living room. That was pretty fucking small. Um, then we had the only non-title match on the main card, which was <laughs> fucking talk about booking by from your ass. Uh, Roosh defeats Dragon Lee. In 16 minutes. Brother versus brother. Including Dragon Lee fucking spearing Roosh through a table on a fucking suicide dive. Did you see that? That was the, sorry. That was the table spot I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then Roosh suplex Dragon Lee off the apron onto the concrete as well. Just just go out there and kill yourselves for fucking 1200 people for Tony Khan. All right, then we get back to the title matches. Mercedes retains over Serena Deeb. That was actually, holy shit, aside from the main event, that was the longest match on the card. I mean, rightfully so. Mercedes deserves it. Mercedes is a New England girl. Went 17-20. Then Joe beats Lethal by tap out in 12 minutes. 
Good, good. That that match, besides besides the tag title match, that was the match with the longest buildup because that's literally been going since the last ROH show. <laughs> Do nothing. That's been going since WrestleMania weekend. Yes. Remember that was when Lethal turned on Gresham, and then Joe came right. out to save Lethal. Right. And then fuck it, and then they had Joe win the fuck it. Uh, what do you wasn't, that, had, wasn't Mini Weekend Joe's return? Yeah, up? and then they had Joe win the ROH TV title on Dynamite like the following week. Right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. forgot about that. Yep. Uh, then your main event, FTR retains over the Briscoes two out of three falls for the World Tag Titles. That goes. Like I mentioned earlier, almost 45. Which, yippity fuck, match of the year. I don't care. Uh, Because the Briscoes are never going to be seen on fucking Warner Discovery Television. And we know this. So the whole they have a long-term contract is all bullshit. Right. And it's just probably all that's doing is keeping them off of impact. And it's going to keep them staying home and working GCW shows. Like, good on them if they're going to get paid for it. But this empty promise from Tony Khan of I'm going to build this fucking division around you and shit. When Because that's the whole thing going back to, and, and I know we covered this the, 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 the week that Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor. But they're saying that Ring of Honor is going to be the NXT of AEW. So why the fuck are you going to have 20-year veterans there covering your shit? Like, look at all your fucking champions. With the exception of Wheeler Yuta... All your fucking champions are people that have been in the business for fucking ever. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Like, and even so, even Wheeler Huda has been around for fucking like five, six years now. Uh, and then yeah. we had the face off. Oh, right. So they go off the air by having Claudio, William Regal, and Wheeler Yuta come out to the top of the stage, um, all of them holding their respective belt. Well, not Regal, obviously. Yeah. But Claudio and Yuta holding their belts. They're staring into the ring at FTR with all their fucking gold and silver because the Ring of Honor titles are silver. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so basically another... Again, we're taking Claudio and booking him indie-rifically. Um, well, plus we don't know if that was a we're challenging you or if that's a cheers, boys. We're not sure what that quite is. Right, yet. right. Because Rick and Bonnie was questioning if that was a champion's challenge or not. Right. As they went off the but air. I mean, the same that's like, oh, yo, and then and here we go. So going back to the, the opening match, every fucking neckbeard. And I said this last week. I fucking said it last week. And so every fucking neckbeard can be like, dude, dude. Tony Khan did what Vince would never do. He put a world title on Claudio. It's not a world title. It's a fucking indie belt of an indie that doesn't run. Yeah. The FTW belt holds more clout than the Ring of Honor title right now. Um, Yeah. Dude, I'm sorry, but my company's championship has been defended more often. Well, not more often, but, but has just as much clout as the fucking Ring of Honor title right now. Like, we're not running, but we're still an active company. Yes. Now watch, some neckbeard's gonna pull that out of fucking context and put it on Twitter and try to get me canceled. Probably. Um, (laughs) Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Um, 
So real quick, before I get to the uh, the news that's been getting out the last uh, hour or so while I've been recording, yeah. um, do you want to explain why the fuck you sent me this? Yeah, I just wanted to tell a little story. All right, it's it's story time with JJ, folks. Get around the campfire, get your get your uh, get your your sticks and your your marshmallows ready. Make some roast some <laughs> instead of your roast, torture bitch work. <laughs> roast roast some mallows in the bare sunlight because we know you don't really need a fire right now. And uh, let's make some s'mores and and pull up your sleeping bag. It's time for story time with JJ yeah. Alexander. So this is actually this is a picture from uh, from uh, today in two thousand and nine. Um, this was the old DPW, um, when we had, when we had, um, the Defiant Academy in Wolcott, um, we would run Sunday TV shows. Um, and so what would happen was the way we always booked it was in the locker room area. There were two divisions of the locker room area. There was like the back locker room by the, uh, by the fucking, um, curtain. And there was like the office area with the promo room and stuff like that. Sorry, so I'm laughing because I'm reading ahead. Sorry. Exactly. So in the office area, we had one wall that Mike Milano painted with whiteboard paint. So that way, that's where the card would be. So that way, we could just take dry erase board markers and write on the wall. And we had the we had the company logo above it. And so that's way people could just look at the wall. And there's the thing. And that's like how I've talked about how we would literally book the first half of the show. And then... During intermission, we would book the second half of the show with whoever was there. God, and that's such a great idea. Yeah, the, the whiteboard wall thing. That's such yeah. A, there was a whiteboard wall there, idea. and in the office, we painted three of the walls green with green screen paint. God, that's that's so fucking. We were ahead of our time, baby. But so this was uh, Nocturne getting a hold of a marker and deciding to write the card on the board. For that fucking for that in, show, in that very day. loose quotes, writing the card. Yeah, just 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 to be a dick because like because he was just going by like what we had. So so the first match we had was uh, for the cruiserweight title. It was BMT versus Mikey Chase versus Johnny Miyagi. Johnny Miyagi. Now Johnny Miyagi was like six months in at this point. Right. So that's the joke on that. This is Johnny Torres. Fucking. <laughs> I know who Miyagi is. I know. Yeah, forty-eight minutes. <laughs> and then match number match number two was Nocturne versus McLovin. Self-explanatory. This is before McLovin was even a fucking referee, if you want to call him a referee. Uh-huh. This is when he was just like the lackey hanging around. Uh third match, first blood match, Jose Perez versus Kathleen Battle. <laughs> I was Chris wondering Battle's who the fuck sister. Kathleen was. Jesus that's, Christ. That was Kath- that was Chris Battle's sister, and at the time fucking joey bricko's fucking fiance (laughs) 27 minutes and then heavyweight title match chris battle versus a paper bag 12 minutes (laughs) paper bag going over by the way yep the paper bag going over chris battle because he couldn't wrestle his way out of a paper bag and then intermission approximately three hours sounds like an indie (laughs) show very good (laughs) And then main event, Bulldog Lansky versus all of New England. Two minutes. <laughs> Bulldog going over. Because that was during the time of every week. Well, not every week. Every month at that point on, on the old, old podcast, Bull Soccer Radio, is when I would do the story time with Bulldog segments, which you can still find some of them on YouTube. I, I like trans. I transpose some of them to you to clips on YouTube on the old full circle radio account. Um, cause my story time was bulldog was always like, it was like quantum leap, but with wrestling. Oh, 
Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, it's some classic shit. Uh like uh it was always a uh, uh you know the the what you call it? the first one was Bulldog having a New Deal steel gauge steel cage death match against FDR. And then the second one was um Bulldog going to Italy. And then the third one was Bulldog wrestling in the first Olympics in ancient Greece and uh, Bulldog getting a job on the Exxon Valdez, <laughs> getting into a fight with the captain, giving him the belly to belly on the navigational equipment. And that's why the Valdez crashed. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I was in my prime back then, man. I, I could break this so. shit. Oh, I brought it back a couple of years ago to probably the most racially insensitive one I ever did. And that was Bulldog Saves Christmas. Um, it was the tale. It was the year without a starcade. That one's up on YouTube. I know it is. I think I've actually seen that before. <laughs> for some reason, year without a starcade is ringing a bell with me right now. <laughs> uh, anyways. The bromizer and the heat stealer. <laughs> So, but it was just nice to see that pop up. Uh, it was in Nocturne's memories, and he shared it with Shell. And I was like, "Oh God, what a good day!" So, a couple of news and notes, real quick, before we get off there. That's been coming out since the show started recording two hours ago. Number one, uh, for the Go Home edition of Raw tonight for SummerSlam, first show, Triple H is in charge of creative. We knew that. Reports right now that Vin Balor versus everyone in two minutes. Basically, uh, Jeff Jarrett, McIntyre, Sheamus, Ridge, Holland, and Butch are all backstage for the show tonight. Okay. Um, although the only things that have been promoted so far have been um, the Mysterios versus Priest and Finn, mm-hmm. as well as Logan Paul's uh, impulsive TV, I guess they're calling it a rip off his podcast. Um, He's going to try to do Miz TV better than Miz, basically, is what it is. Um, and then the other thing that's come out is that apparently um, there's talk that there's another Wall Street Journal story that's going to be published as soon as this week regarding oh Vince. Yikes. And HBO is digging real sports out of its grave. Oh, God. And doing something about the Vince stuff. Oh, God. It's just so they can re-air that old episode. They just want to show Bob Costas. That's all they want to do. Um, or whoever the fuck it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't forget the... Uh... Yeah. So. Jesus. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they're like, ooh, Vincent, women? Dig. 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 Um, Find that interview where he blew up right. on the guy. Right. <sighs> Then they're starting to dig through the door with their hands. I, oh, God. I can just wow. imagine Tony Khan having his fingers in that. I could see Tony Khan incessantly emailing someone at Warner Discovery going, now's the time to really stick it to him. You should air this again. Blah, 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 blah. Because Warner Discovery owns HBO. No. God, no. Because he's that petty of a fucking man child. I just hope TK isn't part of it. That's all I hope for. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. You're welcome. Um, yeah. TK should be shitting in his pants right now. Like, dude, you, yeah, okay, you want to sit there and go, you toppled the king? 
Except now you've got the guy who was the savior of the fucking indie marks running everything. You are fucked. Fucked. You know why? Why? Because you went from the king to the king of kings. Thank you. Thank you. You took you took the words right out of my mouth. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. That's it. Drop the mic. We're done. We're done. We're done. Uh, this is where I play the see you next time. Uh, by the way, um, if you ever want to donate to a Ring of Honor pay-per-view in the next few months when it runs again, because God knows there's going to be tickets available, go to SeatGeek.com while you're at it. Because uh, right now, if you're going to any concerts, sporting events, um, help. Maybe try to help fill one of the AEW events that are going to be in New York State in September. Yeah. Buffalo, Albany, or at the fucking tennis center down in Flushing. Um, <laughs> hey, go to SeatGeek.com. Any ticket purchase, 50 bucks or more. Use the promo code GOZ. Get yourself 20% off, or 20, 20 bucks off. Hey, how you doing? 20 bucks off. Uh, yeah. Two dimes. <laughs> two dimes. Two dimes times 100. That's, uh, yeah, that's 20 bucks. Well, no, two dimes in betting term is 20 bucks. It depends on depends on how rich you are. Some people use the word dimes to refer to thousands, but that's okay. But you get the point. You get the point. Fifty dollars or more on SeatGeek.com. Yeah. <laughs> you get twenty bucks off. Go ahead, do the thing, do it right. Zero that dimes. Being said, yes, that's right. Uh, that being said, that's the diamond episode, episode sixty of White Heat. Unless you have something else that I didn't refer to at all. I'm good. All right. I'm Brian. That's JJ. If you have any complaints about any insensitive remarks by JJ Alexander, email <laughs> brian.katie at gazillamedia.com uh, or just tweet at JJ underscore Alexander because I don't want those fucking tweets. Anyways, that's <laughs> JJ doing the weird eyebrow thing. I'm Brian. Enjoy the wrestling. And uh, by the way, real quick, as we go off the air, fire sock face. Bring in Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman full time. That being said, say goodbye, JJ. Goodbye.